Welcome to the Random Tea Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. I'm Queenie. I'm Shania. And today we're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume <laughs> 2. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. <laughs> Let's just get that out there. And out, he out was. Front. Uh, warning for spoilers. Yeah, okay. If you're new to us, like, we're going to spoil the shit out of this. Um, so, welcome. Um, probably shouldn't listen to this until after you've seen the movie. And or you're completely ambivalent to us spoiling the entire spoilers. movie. Also, any other MCU movie? Up until possible, now? Up until now? Spoil it. Possible spoilers. Probable spoilers. Probable spoilers. Because we always do how this fits into the bigger... Bigger picture. You know. So, I know this is a long-awaited, but we wanted you guys to be able to see this movie. We've we wanted seen it twice. Seen it. We sacrificed our Friday night. Yeah. To I, it was terrible. It was I awful. mean, gosh. Gosh. Yeah. I had to leave work early. Oh, me too. Oh, my God. It was terrible. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I loved it. I, yeah. Watch, I loved it even more after watching it a second time. I mean... Like, the first one is always going to hold a special place in my heart because you know how I love origin stories. Yes. But usually the second ones can be kind of a letdown, except for Captain America Winter Soldier, because goddamn. That is the, the, the exception the that gold standard. makes the rule, yeah. Um, but yeah, like, Iron Man 2 was kind of like, meh. Um, Avengers 2, <laughs> Um, Thor 2, meh. <laughs> So, but this was really good, it and was. it made me feel things, and it made me, it did not make me cry the second time. Oh, I did. I know. I know. I was with you. I, I have a... But it made, it made me cry the first time, like, and I did not expect to feel feelings, especially for fucking Yondu. I was boo-hooing so hard. The first time we, I was just, my whole face was just yeah. tears. The one good thing about me being so busy at work that I haven't had time for Tumblr is that I was not spoiled on any of this. No. Because we didn't see it for... No, we saw it the Sunday. Oh, did we did? Yeah. We did? Okay. Yeah. Okay. We saw it Sunday morning first thing like oh, old people. Oh, that's right. Because we were like, oh, but it's at night and I, I want to go to sleep. So we'll go see it in the morning. Yeah. But it was... I, I loved it. I thought it was great. It was very, very good. Um, I mean, and there was... There's problems, but I mean... Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I think um, overall, though, I think James Gunn knows what he wants to do. James Gunn is... Pr- Next and I to the Russos, the Russos, Gunn has got to be my favorite but MCU I, director. But I feel like they're so different; their tones are yeah. so different. But the but they're also doing completely different groups of people. The Guardians yes. are so separate. Yes, right now, I thought there'd be more of a tie. Right in. They are so much With more Tara. separate. So yeah, from because uh, far as timeline goes, the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. Most of the MCU movies are set in the year that they're released. And this is absolutely not. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is actually set in 2014. It takes place about, what is it, five months after the first movie, I think is I what think they so. said? I think so. It's very soon. So it's, I mean, so this is... After the first one. Before, like, Doctor Strange. This, this is, is before, before Age of Ultron. Yeah. This is before Ant-Man. This is before yeah. a lot of this stuff. So chronologically, yeah, it's... It's out of sync. Which is where one of the errors comes in at with that is a true Stanley statement. and the Watchers. That is a true statement. And James Gunn was like, oops, you're right. My Sorry. Bad. My bad. Yeah. Um, so just as a fun fact, James Gunn has directed um, multiple Stanley cameos, not just this one, because his Stanley, step- yeah, Stanley went in and did like four. And I think Gunn directed two of them and... Two or three of them, and, like, one was this one, and the other ones are undisclosed. Yeah, because he doesn't want to... 
they don't want to give away what they don't want to give away they are so tight-lipped at marvel yeah i'm sure there are marvel assassins outside this room right now waiting to make sure that we don't have any any like real they're out there on my balcony yep they're right out my front door yep it's fine they're cameras it's fine hi you you do you see colson up there yep he's a camera yeah okay what 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 is it uh hi hi in the middle of the battle that was okay so this movie at its base is a story about families it is not the ones just you make versus the ones, the ones that blood relatives. you're born to. Well, there's, and it's not just about Peter and Ego. Nope. But there is the co-parenting of Groot. Oh, my God. Um, oh, my God. Which a lot of people have, yeah, baby Groot. Blah, blah. But uh, I think he was, the second time watching it and realizing how it was about families. Yeah. Having baby Groot was important. Yeah, I think it was, too. He and wasn't, I don't think it was just... Oh, he's the cute, funny thing. I think it was more than that. Right. I think it was seeing all of them parent him. Because James Gunn is really, a smart guy. Without making a thing out of it. Without making a thing out of it. Yeah. Um, but then there's the sisters. Mm-hmm. There's Gamora and Nebula. And that kind of family. And then rejecting the whole Thanos part of their family. Uh-huh. And all the damage that he did to them. But then it, you can go even deeper. Mm-hmm. Because Gunn's little brother. Yeah. Is oh. Kraglin. Baby gun is made me with the feeling. Their parents have a cameo. The yep. gun, mama and daddy gun have an appearance. Yep. Uh, Peter's grandfather mm-hmm. has a real quick appearance. So it's uh, no Drax's mis- family got a mention. Drax's family gets a mention. There, um, it's Mantis not- and how she was kind of raised by ego, but yet like. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there are there are it's many a many layers. Heavy heavy theme. Yeah, I mean, gun. Is brilliant. Yeah. Can I just say? Both guns are. Yeah, they are. Because Sean Gunn is on set rocket. He is on set rocket. And he actually influenced a lot of the way Bradley Cooper ended up doing his voice. Mm -hmm. Because he performed a lot of that on set. Yeah, uh, Bradley Cooper, when he does his voiceovers, he has the whole motion capture headset on while he's doing it. I saw a a behind-the-scene video on that. Yeah, that's awesome. No, he uh, he was on Ellen. Okay. He can be kind of a D-bag. I think it was Ellen. No, he was on some, fuck, I don't know. Yeah. He was on something. And He's one of those him. that can come off as a D-bag. Yeah. But he can also come off as a precious pancake. But, but then again, Rocket. Yeah. So. Oh my God. Oh, and we got a lot of Rockets, like, deep down, capital F feelings mm-hmm. with Rocket. Oh, yeah. And I, I was actually not expecting a lot of the thinky stuff that no, we got. No. I thought it was going to be another fun space romp. It was. But, but it was. Yet, like, it was fun, and it had all those elements, but there were also, like, a lot of other things in it. And I think it balanced the two, because, let's be real, as much as I love the Russos, uh, the the Earthbound MCU piece, and we've talked about this before, it's gotten pretty fucking dark and angsty. Yeah, it has. So, and, like, I don't think that makes it a bad story, but this is so nice to be like, oh, there's, because there is stupid fart jokes or not (laughs) fart jokes uh turd jokes um close enough yeah but there's also like all these actual like themes of family and thinking and feelings feeling Uh, so gun to me balances this really well he's he's brilliant and i think you mentioned um i can't remember on what cast um one of the marvel adjacent cast this is the director's cut what yes. we see is the director's yes. cut. People have asked James Gunn when they were going to see the director's so he cut. He said, go to the movies. Yeah. They let him have everything he wanted. And they should have. 
I mean, he did a he did a big thing with the first Guardians movie because I know, like, if you look at the two of us, we were not expecting much. No, we were going into it kind of the way you're going into Spider Man, which is it's in the MCU, so I have to see it. But yeah, oh my god, don't get me started. But also, Umbrella, keep that in mind. All right, so. So I thoroughly enjoyed this, and I'm really glad we got to see it again, because you're right. I think a lot of it hit home again that, okay, well, this really to, works. To see it in some many of the scenes in retrospect, especially Yondu. Yeah. The Yondu storyline in this just broke my heart into thousands of pieces, and I need all of the Yondu merchandise now. Yeah. Just saying. I have him as a, as a Marvel sum-sum. Of course you precious. do. Of course you do. So, yeah. So, uh, housekeeping, I will use the term canon to refer... When I say canon, I mean comics. Yeah. Because MCU has their own canon. Correct. But when I say canon, I'm referring to the comics, just so that's a plain, upfront understanding. And if you're new to us, um, you may want... You may be interested in the uh, Peter Quill character study that we did yeah. uh, a couple weeks ago in preparation for this. Um, so, that's on this feed as well. So, yeah, so go look at that and listen to it. <laughs> go. Now. Uh, well, not now, but like do it. And and it's kind of, so uh, because we already did that podcast, I want to go ahead and get out of the way. Ego is not canonically Peter's father. No. Uh, Jason. Ego is a canonical character, though. Ego is a canonical character. However, he is not. Quill's uh, father. Jason of Spartoy is. However, a lot of Jason's story is kind of tied up in the whole Fantastic Four. Which they're not licensed for. Which they're not licensed for. Um, which Ego kind of is too, but... Well, they traded. They traded Ego for... Oh, what was it? Negasonic Teenage Warhead. Negasonic Teenage Warhead, yes. It was to get... To be able to use more of her. To be able to use more of her. So they traded <laughs> They traded Fox for the ability to use Ego. Which I think, like, any meeting that you can go into to trade comic book characters i want to be like, in the room I, where it happens i do like that's that's a great meeting i would never want to be jaded enough to where i'm like oh yeah i gotta go to this meeting about like ego against like negasonic teenage warhead yeah, like I my really job hope they let us have this power yeah yeah like can i prep for those i, I would know. be all up on that i know but yeah but so i thought of, that was cool so yeah a lot of that is tied up in the fantastic four so yeah there's that uh, the one thing that did get cut from the movie that James Gunn is not as happy as he could. I mean, he just totally Tom. Nathan Fillion's cameo got cut. He was going to be Wonder Man. On Simon this, Williams? On uh, some, like, movie posters. Yep. But those scenes, it was, uh, and you're right, it was in the scene on Earth. Okay. Not on the planet. Where the blobby thing was coming. Yeah, where the blobby thing was coming through. So, but, um, you know, uh, there is a silver lining to that. He can be cast now in other MCU efforts. They're trying. He Like, Nathan needs to be in the MCU. I know. Nathan needs to be in everything. With his face, not just with his voice. Yes. Mostly his face. So. And hair. Oh, he's got great it's hair. so Canadian. God, Captain Canada, man. However, uh, Nathan Fillion does have American citizenship, just saying. Yes, he does. And he is a precious pancake. Yes, he is. Uh, precious, him. precious. He has to, I mean, he works here, so. Yeah. So, 
uh cast list cast list this is how we if you're familiar with the podcast you know that we go through the cast list we do have some semblance of structure even though it (laughs) seems to be a complete cluster tiny 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 bit it's mostly john you just trying to rein my ass in because i get excited that's that's it um so top of the list one mr chris pratt i'm so proud of pratt 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 as peter quill so proud of him so, from what I understand, his workout routine to get in shape for this role was not near as intense as it was for the first movie. Yeah, because it was maintenance. Because he was kind of already there. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, how do we feel about... He gave us a little more. Yeah? I Quill, how, was not as, Quill was not as... Like, not that Quill was completely two-dimensional. Okay. But, like, you can see growth. Okay. With the way yeah. he approached Gamora with... Like, okay, the way he flirted with Aisha at the very beginning, I thought was pretty indicative. I think old Quill would have just plowed forward with that. But so, new, newer Quill, like, looked and realized, like, maybe this doesn't he look He recognized. Great. He recognized. And also, I really think he does have capital F feelings for Gamora. Yeah, he does. But, like, he's also, like, he's kind of emotionally stunted. But I think we saw. But he's trying a really hard in, to yes. respect her. Yes, which so, I think. So is I great. feel like we got some character growth, and I think they gave Pratt a little more emotional stuff to deal with because of the whole dad thing. Well, yeah. Um, and he had to revisit his mom again. Yeah, he did. Which, by the way, that actress was in fact the same actress from the original movie. Yeah. For the record, uh, I feel like they were able to explain how Peter was able to hold. The yes. Power Stone. And they explained that, but also took that away. So quickly. So quickly, so that he his entire character doesn't change who he is. Yeah, it didn't... Because I, I was worried partway through it. I was like, okay, so now he has these... Even with a little G, godlike powers. Like, that's kind of a game changer. Lowercase G. Lowercase G. Yeah. Um, that's kind of a game changer. But also, they explained, because he used it to fight Ego and distract him long enough for them to destroy him. Um, But also, they explained really succinctly why that went away. Because right away, you knew he cannot keep these. Otherwise, Infinity War, like, it's done. Yeah. If he wants you dead, like, you dead. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and also, he could probably go against Thanos at this point if if he's a celestial. Yeah. Because Thanos is not a celestial, correct? Correct. So, like, but I feel, I didn't feel cheated. You mean, sir, not appearing in this film? Sir, not appearing in this film. Mm. So I didn't feel cheated by the, he has these crazy powers, and now he doesn't. Like, it felt like a natural it worked, arc it to did, it. It did, arc, and they set it up. Yes, they absolutely set it up. And, and you know, Ego made it quite clear that, you know, it's all tied to the light in this planet. And and I have to come home. Right. And Yeah. Right. So that was that was good. Uh, yeah, so I, I really enjoyed, enjoyed his, that. I enjoyed his character growth. And, but I also, I, I love those stupid Peter Quill moments of him like, I'm going to make Pac-Man and Skeletor and Heather Locklear. I'm going to make some weird shit. Oh, yeah. I love that stuff. And he does make the Pac-Man. Because he is, he is a man-child in a lot of ways. Well, yeah. I mean, like, he grew up with a bunch of dudes who are also, let's be real, all the Ravagers are fucking emotionally stunted. Yeah, they are. And so, like, he is. Except maybe Yondu. Yeah, because Yandi was pretty woke about himself. Yandi knew who he was. Um, cause he, he, had, knew. he gave that speech to Rocket. Yeah, he did. But I like, know who you are. But like, so, 
I feel like Pratt balances the man child, which normally would infuriate me. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's the same thing he used to do on Parks and Rec. He balances that man child with the lovable kind of rogue to where you're like, I really genuinely like this guy. Like, he does some a-hole things, but, like, I like him. <laughs> a-hole. What a bunch of a-holes. What a bunch of a-holes. I did miss, um, uh, they weren't able to fit in the Nova. They did film John some. John C. Riley wasn't able to they did film his role. Well, they did film some with, I think I want to say they filmed some, but got cut. Not with him, but with, um. Well, the other one died, didn't he? Is it Glenn Close? Well, there, there were really only three major Novas. The one that called them the A-holes. Yeah. He died. Okay. And then there was John C. Riley's character, and then there was Nova Prime. I think Nova, they filmed some with Nova Prime, but it got cut. Okay. I, w- I kind of would have liked to see him, but yet I don't know how they could have fit them in without yeah. it being weird. Yeah. Aside from just seeing them with the blob. True. Which we did see a lot of different races. Yeah. That was kind of cool. So. Uh, so let's move on to Gamora. How do we feel about... I fucking love Zoe Saldana. I think she's awesome and can basically do no wrong because she's amazing. Okay. But again, we saw growth with Gamora. Yes. We saw a softening of her, but also we saw her realize with Gamora, or with Gamora. Nebula? With Nebula, when Nebula finally was like, every time you beat me, dad would replace something. And I just wanted a sister. I just wanted a sister. Yeah. And we saw Gamora like kind of ingest that mm-hmm. and realize, I'm sorry, I was trying to survive. So like, I feel like we got growth with everybody. Well, except maybe baby Groot. <laughs> By the end, he had grown. Literally. Uh, I kind of wish they had utilized Gamora a little more. I, I don't feel like she was. I, I feel like she wasn't in the film enough. I feel like she was support for Peter. Which she was. Which she was, but like... And she also was there to move the plot along, but I don't feel like she was just there as a love interest. No, She had her own story that had nothing to do with Peter, and that was very appreciated, that she had something of her own in her own life going on. Yeah. That was not at all... Related to Peter. ...related to Peter's story. Her, Her story was not dependent on a man. And I like... What I like with Gamora, and and I'm with you, I I would love more of her. Hell, I'd watch a whole Gamora movie happily. Yes, please. Um, what I liked Gamora's about Gamora's of the Galaxy. Gamora's of the Galaxy. There you go. Right. Done. Um, I like that you see again. You see the softening, but when she when she is like, let's take a walk, and she talks to him like, okay, he may be completely full of shit, but also like you need to see because you have this big hole in you. Yeah. To deal with your father. Like, I feel like the Gomorrah we met at the beginning of Volume 1 would not have even recognized that. Oh, no. But the fact that she was able to recognize that but not recognize what was going on with her sister, Nebula. She was, like, too close to that for a while. Yeah. But, yeah. So. But I'm with you. I, I would have liked her to have a bigger part. Like uh, Drax. <laughs> like... <sighs> I have problems. I have some problems because I feel like, I feel like in some ways he grew. And then really in some, what ways? Well, like he did get to the point where he was like, you are beautiful on the inside. Um, See, to me, that's like pure I comic fe- relief. I feel like he was pure comic relief. And I feel like he could have been, you could have replaced him with a lamp. He was the sexy lamp. He was the sexy lamp. 
And like, I feel like David Batista, he's better than that. He's not he was an, better in the first movie. Exactly. Like he's not, because I was worried about him. I was really worried about him. We talked about this in our first Guardians cast. Um, and I feel like he did the emotional lifting in the first one just fine. But I feel like in this one, they didn't know what to do with him. He was way more flat. It's like if he wasn't, he wasn't like baked into the story enough. So they just made him comic relief. Yeah, he was just there. He literally was a sexy lamp. I mean, he, yeah. they could have completely replaced him with a piece of space equipment. He was the guy to make the punchline and laugh inappropriately, which some of that is funny, but I felt like there was too I, much I of that. I think they wasted his character a little. They could have yeah. given him, a, a, yeah, so much more. So I feel, because I feel like some of the, some of the angst, which God, I can't believe I'm asking for more angst. Of his family and... Yeah, because in the first one, he was way more serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And in this one, he was just laughing the whole time. Yeah, and, like, we got the little bit with him talking about, which you had a problem with the Forgotten Pools, and how did they get there if they forgot? Um, but, like, the little how, bit... Yeah, right? The little bit with him telling Mantis about his daughter, and then we got a little bit of his wife mm-hmm. um, with the dancing, but, like, I didn't feel... I don't know, like, I feel like if this is the guy that five months before was like, yeah, we killed Ronan, we gotta kill Thanos, he's the real big bad. I feel like... That drive was gone? Yeah. 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 I agree. So. He seemed like a completely different character. Yeah. Not that the performance that Dave gave was bad, I just feel like the the yes. character... Yes. I, I would agree with that. What they gave him... Yeah. He was fine with what they gave him, but I feel like they treated him almost more like comic relief, and I, I feel like maybe... They sacrificed him for Rocket and for Peter and... And Yondu's development yeah, and all that, yeah. yeah. Um, baby Groot. Oh, my God. Oh, like, my I baby know, Groot. I know, okay, like, first of all, he's cute as fuck. Which, fun. okay, I need to... That was, in fact, Vin Diesel who did voice him. Yes, it was. And he was credited as Baby Groot. Yes. So, I feel like a lot of people probably can shat upon this for various reasons, and they probably have good reasons, I thought he was adorable, and I also loved the, like you mentioned, the co-parenting vibe. I lo- I think the co-parenting vibe was important. And watching it the second time, how, like, they have had months of this. Mm-hmm. They, how he makes sure that he's on somebody's shoulder. Mm-hmm. He was holding, like, ears. He was either, group, put your seatbelt on. Like, they have come up with some kind of an awkward, weird routine, and it's just them handing him off. And at the very end, when like Drax cradled him, mm-hmm. like, well, like they're even not seeing when, him as a burden. Well, even when Quill was listening to the Zune and he takes and he the gives, one earbud, he hands it to Baby Groot. He's still holding mm-hmm, Baby Groot's his, back to make yep. sure he doesn't. Yeah, and like so, I thought that was really sweet and cute. And he is—he's cute as fuck. And also, like, he's so fighty. Yeah, he's very, very fighty. Oh Even my in the, God. there is a baby Groot for a while in the comics because he does uh, die and then come back. He does, they do the twig thing. It's a thing. And, and he's pretty damn fighty. So I loved it. Like, like even more so. I, think, I thought it was way fun to play with that. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, like, I could, I could see where people would have an issue with, especially go get the fin. And he comes back like six times and it's wrong shit. That was so fun. I loved it. I thought it was great. But I could see where some people would see that as being tedious. And it is pretty tropey. 
Oh, it's t- it totally, it's totally is, but then again, like, there's a lot of this. What I didn't like was the abuse. Oh, no, I did not like with the Ravagers no. kicking him and pouring no. things on him. Mm-mm. But I think they wanted you to not like the Ravagers. Yeah, Taserface can go uh, fucking we'll suck an to, asteroid. We will get to Taserface. But um, I do, you, you clarified something for me yesterday when we saw it. This is not Groot that we knew in... No, um, there um, are... The first movie, so I, this is not... I have an article from, on Nerdist that's 11 spoilers from James Gunn, and one of them is... Will you link that in the show notes? I can. Okay. Oh, apparently, <laughs> apparently I was pressing the 7 on my keyboard. Hang on. <laughs> A lot. A lot. Um, <laughs> let me make sure it is this article. So, yeah, because you said James Gunn spoiled a few things. But you read that only after you had seen it, right? Yes. Okay. Um, We're spoiler whores anyway, so, like, I don't care. <laughs> I was spoiled on the baby Groot part in the uh, the first Guardians movie, actually. The fact that there was even a baby Groot. Um, I didn't realize that it was at the end. I thought it was, like, a flashback thing, but, yeah. Maybe it was not. Maybe it was not that article. Yeah, so uh, so that was Baby Group. He was precious. He was precious. So uh, you read somewhere. I read it somewhere. It's, I just glanced at that article. It's so not in there, but I did is, read it somewhere. This is literally like an infant. Yes. Or a to- well, it's more of a toddler at this point. Um, so it's not original flavor Groot. No, that, he does not that, have, he does not have the memories. Right. And experiences of our beloved uh, Groot. So basically... He has four parents. Like, it's... That is a little tiny baby sprout Mm -hmm. growing up with these four as his parents. Mm -hmm. So, I think... I kind of think that's going to be cool for later on. Yeah. I think that's I think that changes the Guardians' uh, dynamic. going to change... Yeah, I'm interested to see maybe Groot in Infinity War. Yeah. So... But I also... And he is not in the... In that... In that uh, uh, post-credit scene... Yeah. He's not a teenager. He is a tween. He is a tween. But also, did you notice, okay, in the first movie, Rocket's the only one that can understand what he's saying. Yes. In um in this movie, multiple of them know what he's saying. Most notably Peter at the end going, at the, "I am in that, not boring." In that post-credit scene, yes, it is it, it confirms the theory that if you're around Groot long enough, you begin to understand him. The thing is, uh as I, I think, and I think I explained this maybe in the first um, Guardians podcast that Groot's—it's the way his throat works. It just sounds like that's all he's saying, but actually, he actually he is, is talking. He's not just saying "I am Groot," "I am Groot," "I am Groot." That's all we hear. It's all you hear because right. of the way his vocal cords work and the way our eardrums—something weird like that. Yeah. But once you are around him long enough, yeah, you do begin to pick up. Yeah. What he's saying. So let's go to Rocket. Oh, my favorite trash panda. I I agree with you. I think they gave Rocket so much that it took away from Gamora and Drax. Yeah. And I think they took Groot out of the equation emotion wise by making him a baby. Yes. And maybe that was a good thing because it's, again, they took away from Drax and, and Gamora. So it probably would have felt even more so if you would have had an an adult Groot in the mix. Mm-hmm. So maybe that probably helped us. But yeah, oh my God, my baby Rocket. He's so he, dysfunctional. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that whole scene between Yondu oh. 
God. and Rocket where Yondu's like, no, I know who you are. I know exactly, I know who, exactly you are. who you are. And Rocket's like, yeah, yeah. And as soon as he like lays it out like, you're me, boy, he was like, oh, fuck, he does have my number. You yeah. could see that happen. Oh, yeah. And like, my poor baby Josh And I hurt Panda. my heart. Hurt my heart. Because he, he is, he was a, com- he is a complete douche nozzle. Yes, he is. He's a complete dick. But I will say, Quill was not blameless in that first when they were going back and forth no, and back and Rocket forth. No, but Rocket was, Rocket ha- does egg him on. Yeah. And Rocket stole the batteries. And, yes, he did. Why? But yet the batteries ended up saving the day. Yeah, they did. Of course they did. Um... So, yeah. I feel like Rocket learned some things about some things. I think Rocket almost stole the show. Yep. Uh, if it were not for Yondu, he probably would have. Yep. Um, so, Yondu. God damn it. My baby Michael Rooker. Okay, like, I liked, like, okay. Not, like, enjoyed him as a human. Not as a human, I say that. Thought he was, I didn't think he was a good guy in the first one. But his character was engaging. And, like, I didn't hate Yondu. Uh, he's, he's Centaurian, by the way. He's Centaurian. He's Centaurian. Okay. Not human. So he's not Cree. No. I just thought. Blue. Although he was Cree slave. Right. Um, so, like, I th- he was, like, an engaging guy, but I didn't like him to the point of, like, think he was good. I didn't know Rooker could act like this. I fucking cried tears for Yondu. Boo hooed my eyes. Yeah. Yeah. And Janya cries less easier than I do, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I just, she, she cried I real. Was, my whole face was just soaking wet. Yeah. And I, and the second time I was, even though I knew it was coming. Yeah. The second time I didn't, I didn't cry. Oh, I did. I know you did. I you was heard, sitting next to you. I heard you. Because I had a headache after. Yep. As you do. I which is do. why you try not to which cry. I don't cry. Uh, I have damaged nerves in my sinuses, so it hurts when I cry. So, um, yeah. We, boy, we got some serious story And again, Yondu. I think to your point... It tied, because a lot of people would be like, well, why the fuck would you give Yondu this big arc instead of one of your main guardians? And it tied into the family angle. Mm -hmm. And God, he wasn't, he might have been your father boy, but he wasn't your daddy. Wasn't your daddy. Oh my God. And even though Yondu was terrible. He was a terrible, terrible, not human being. Terrible. So bad. But like also better than Ego. (laughs) But I think he Yondu, did the best he could. I think Yondu was doing pretty good for himself. If you realize the scope of the Ravengers, Yondu had his own clan, one of a hundred. So if you think about how many Ravengers there are, mm-hmm. like that's pretty fucking cool. So he was doing pretty damn good for himself. If you think about <coughs> where he came from, yeah. The only thing I think was missing, and I was thinking about this. I had a shower thought this morning. Oh god. Um. I wanted Yondu to acknowledge Craglin in the way, mm, like, the sun yeah. kind of angle. Because when Craglin finally cracked and said, Captain, I never say this, but, you know, you always let Peter go and da 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 And I wanted it. You I, like Peter more than you love. So I wanted Craglin to get that sun moment. Yeah, it's like Craglin was the biological son and Peter was the adopted son or yeah. something. The foster kid. I feel, I, I wanted, cause yeah. Craglin was the guy that was there. Yes. He's the one that like, cause he never intended that to be a mutiny. No, he didn't. And he would have been put out into space with the rest of them if he wouldn't have said what he said in the clearing. They killed all my friends. I know, like, oh my god, baby gun. First of all, baby gun. 
Sean Gunn, my God. Yes. But, like, so I wanted Yondu to... Something. Yeah. Some kind of emotional... Because he got it with Quill. Yeah. But not with Craglin. So that would be... That would really be one of my very few, you know, uh, critiques. Like... He could even have gone talking to Craglin on the uh, on the comms. on the radio, saying, "Well, it's your ship now, son," or something. Call him son. Like that would have been enough. Like I think Craglin would have like burst into tears. Oh uh, yeah. So I, I feel wouldn't. like that was one of the things that I felt like was lacking. But man, I hope Craglin comes back. Well, we can get to Craglin in a minute. <gasps> Yay! Uh, Nebula. Oh my god, I'm. S- I was so happy to see more of her because number one, I love Karen. Karen's awesome. I've been a big fan of her since Doctor Who. Um, I was excited to see her in Guardians, but she was one of those that I was like, I want more of her because she's there this, wasn't enough of her in the first. She's one. this like fucking saltiest shit, Pillar badass salt. woman, and like I feel like she was so interesting, and so we got more of her in this one, which is what I wanted. So you're saying Amy Pond as an alien? Oh my god, she gives no fucks. None. Now I need Rory as an alien. Who? <gasps> Rory oh, would Rory. pretty much be Craglin. Was. He'd pretty much be Craglin. Yeah. He'd be like, okay. Oh, I could see. I could ship those two. Nebula and Craglin? Mm-hmm. You could, I could see that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Especially when, thinking, he's like, when he's like, I was thinking something pretty like a necklace. Or make a all the other girls go. Make all the, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh and she's God. like, anyway. Anywho. I feel like Nebula needs somebody like that. To kind of like balance out the nerd. All the other women go, ooh. That was beautiful. It was amazing. <laughs> that was amazing. Okay, I just want to say that Nebula just wanted something to fucking eat. Just feed her. She was hungry. She was hangry. They the kept, whole movie. They kept doing that. And I was like, that joke better pay off. But it, and it And did. it did. And Karen pulled it off. And she was like. It's not right. It's not right. I love what they do with her voice. voice. I love where it's kind of like just a hint of metallic. But it's sultry. I love Karen. So I really loved, because again, even Gamora got emotional growth because we got to see the crazy hate monster, Mm -hmm. but we also got to see where she couldn't kill Gamora. She she finally got the, the chance to just straight up kill Gamora and she couldn't do it. No, she couldn't. Uh, Mantis. Um, I want more of Mantis. No, I didn't like her. You didn't like her at all? Yawn. I mean, she was yawn, but I also, like, I kind of want to give her the benefit of the doubt and give her, like, her own story. Yeah. But I do feel like she was kind of a plot device. She was completely a plot device. Yeah. I did not. I don't know. She was just, eh. I loved when she goes for Gamora because she's like, oh, I touched him and I touched him and we're having so much fun. And and Gamora just grabs her hand and she's like, bitch, don't. Yeah, consent is a thing. Consent is a thing, Mantis. Just saying consent. But then again, is Mantis has no social anything. She doesn't, and that was a. St- oh my god! Her smiling smi- is me smiling. Oh by the way, that's smiling. how I smile. So I thought she was, uh, <laughs> and it was terrible because, especially the second time we watched it, I knew what exactly what was coming when when they're doing their hero shot, and she's like crouched down, and then the thing comes and hits her. And it ruins it. And I was like, okay, I'm waiting for it. I'm waiting for it. And I thought it was funny both times. <laughs> and I was like, I feel bad that I'm the Drax in this situation. Ugly. The whole, I am ugly. Yeah. Like, what even was that? Yeah. 
you're beautiful on the ends. What the fuck even yeah, was that? Yeah, her and Drax had a weird I, relationship. But it wasn't... It wasn't sexual, It least. wasn't sexual. It was decidedly not sexual. See, that's the, like the... Huh, Oh, where he was like, I'm physically ill thinking about you that way. Like, that was kind of over the top. So, and she's like, that's not even what I'm, okay. Yeah. Weirdo. Yeah, I could have done without her care. I mean, I see why she was necessary, but. Necessary. In a way, she was kind of family, though, too, because she was kind of an adopted kid. She was this kid from another marriage. Yeah. She was like Ego's stepkid and then like the step, like his wife who was her mom died and like he had to take a stepkid in. Yeah. It was that kind of feel. Yeah, that was weird. So. All right. Uh, now, Sylvester Stallone is credited next <sighs> in the list. I was really worried about this. I was too. I was worried he was going to be Peter's dad. Until. Oh. Well, because we, for the longest time we didn't know Kurt Russell was cast. So for a while there, like really? Sylvester, yeah, okay. Sylvester Stallone was his his casting was was news, and I was like, "Well, Sylvester, please such don't a big... be, please don't be Peter's dad." No, and and he wasn't. And he um, wasn't. He was Stakar Orgood, who in the movie is a Ravager, right? But canonically, him and several other characters, they are canonically original Guardians, right? As Yon, as we know, Yondu. Was, was a, one of the original Guardians. Right, um, right. They just kind of... And what you told me is that the Ravagers were... Um, they weren't originally comic canon until no. after the movie. They were, the first they be, movie. They were put in... They are now in the comics. Right. The original Guardians movie was what? 2014. 14. Uh, in 2015, 2016, there is an eight-run Star-Lord comic series, which is great. You should really go read it. Uh, eight comics which has them in it and uh i sent you a screenshot yeah <laughs> it's rooker my baby rooker and he's totally rooker shirtless with uh, just a jacket all in his ravager glory yeah so, um but stakar is actually one of the uh, original guardians and we can get to who he is but i feel like sylvester pulled it off he did like i think he was in it just enough to be like, oh, look, Stallone, without it being, oh, God, it's fucking Stallone. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm honestly, I'm not a huge fan. I can take him or leave him. I feel like. I res- but see, but uh, while I can take him or leave him, I still respect him as an actor. I do, too, but I feel like he's one of those guys that he's kind of always himself. Or he's kind of always the same character, not necessarily himself. Typecast. But yeah. Yeah. And he's totally been typecast, and that's not even necessarily his fault, but I was to the point where I was like. Or even like, a bad thing, really. I don't need you in my movie. But he didn't, but, like, he was fine. But I feel like if you're going to get anybody who's going to verbally dress down Michael Rooker. Rooker, you need somebody of Stallone's stature. Yeah. And p- screen presence. Yeah, that's that's a good point. That's a good point. And to, to realistically see somebody that Rooker would, like, because back down the, to. Because he was, scene, he was very, he like... Was, yeah, Yondu was looking down and was feeling very called out. He didn't stand up to him until he finally his like, entire posture and to be able to you need somebody of Stallone's stature to be on the other side to get yeah. yondu's reaction to be believable right because when that scene popped up i was like oh oh yeah when i saw yondu submissive like that i uh-huh. was like damn Ooh. now kiss it communicated um, the gravity of the situation yeah. yeah uh and what and who yondu was yes um 
Yeah, and then I was like, oh, but then just imagine how the actual person, Rooker, would feel acting opposite of Stallone until I realized they've actually been in a movie together before. So, never mind. It was Cliffhanger, wasn't it? I don't remember. It was like 100 years ago. Yeah, it was some old movie. So, um, that brings us to Kurt Russell as Ego. I think, honestly, they nailed it. Uh, I could have... There were very few guys, I think, that could have pulled it off because the whole thing yeah. is the whole yeah. thing is you have to like him at the beginning. No, you don't. I think you do. I think you no, have to think. I never he liked really, him. He really is in love with Meredith. And no, I like, never liked him. Before the shoe didn't drops with him. the other kid. No. Well, I didn't trust him the whole never thing. I knew he was him. the bad guy. No. But, like, I I kind of liked him for despite the fact that I was like, Shit's about to go down. Yeah, you're right. There, no, I don't know that anybody else could have pulled it off. That lovable rogue. That swagger. Yeah. I mean, who else would be Peter Quill's dad? Of that age and caliber. Well, of course, David Hasselhoff. I mean, God. But see, if uh, they would have seriously cast David Hasselhoff, I, he would have been cheesy. I honestly... <laughs> but the little bit we got was perfect. It was just enough cheese. Because if you don't have cheese in your Guardians, I don't know then, what you're watching. Exactly. Um, I think I have my... As, as Michael so distinctly put it, listener Michael put it in our American Gods podcast, I had some baggage with Kurt Russell. Snake Plissken? Snake Plissken. I couldn't unsee Snake Plissken. And that's that's you, though. That's, that's my personal all Johnny problem. right there. Yeah. I love me some Snake Plissken. Though. I know you do. I know mm. you do. Weirdly, mm-hmm. I do not understand Stay it. from New York, man. I do not understand why you would want to willingly be in a prison... <sighs> situation like that snake plissken's there i'm good but like just saying i thought it fit yeah okay um and the feathered hair oh my god the hair was amazing the 80s feathery hair no it wasn't 80s it was 70s 70s yeah because peter quill was in the 80s they kind of bleed together yeah it was oh my god it was amazing uh okay but the character ego how do we oh man he was a big old douchebag he was a planet-sized douchebag he's a planet-sized douchebag okay one thing i do not understand about ego is the end game it didn't make any sense to me. okay he makes he makes a big point at the beginning Mm -hmm. of saying Mm -hmm. i was all alone and he craved other people and i know like he found the other civilizations disappointing but to me that doesn't say let me replace the universe with me and make me more alone. Okay. So I didn't. So yeah. Ego uh, canonically, while not Peter's father, is in fact a sentient planet. Right, right. Uh, I don't know. He's not a celestial. We got a little he glimpse not, of him. He is not a celestial. No. We got a little glimpse and of him that, in, in his full planet form. That is actually straight out of the comics. Yeah. That's, I know. I've seen that yeah. panel. Uh, yeah, it's everywhere. You can't unsee it. Um, but he literally is a sentient planet who goes looking for other woke planets. Oh, and I'm God. using air quotes. <laughs> uh, and if he, but if he can't, if he couldn't wake a planet up, he wanted. He would destroy it. it because it wasn't because he was lonely. Because okay, see that, and that's probably the part that bothered me because in that scenario, he's looking for an equal, another sentient planet. But like in this one. He just made it out like I was looking for companionship or life or whatever because then he posed as a life form of the same stature of the people he was talking to. 
And so then he just decides to, I'm going to plant this thing and like, I'm going to gobble up all these other planets. I, I just, I, for me, the end game wasn't really apparent with what he was trying to do. Oh no, not planets that were woke, planets he could wake up. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so if he not, couldn't wake it up. So it would not be alone in the universe. Uh, if he could not wake the planet, it would deem it unworthy and destroy it, regardless of the light forms that may have lived on it. That, to me, makes more sense than the movie plot. Xavier, Charles Xavier <gasps> led a group of skulls to Ego in order to stop its actions with the assistance of Silver Surfer. God damn it, Silver da, Surfer. Da-da-da, blah, 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 going on, so Fantastic forth, Four. And so forth. Yeah, because um, Ego was the one that was more involved in the Fantastic Four. Okay, which then succeeded in halting its insane plan. Xavier looked into the mind of Ego and found madness, which immediately told him that Ego could not be reasoned with. He decided he would have to shut Ego's mind down, and as he began the process of starship belonging to the alien race, the rule intervened and shocked Ego into unconsciousness. Ooh, all right. That's kind of what Mantis did. Yeah. <laughs> that planet is a douche, is basically what I came out with an opinion on so yeah it's a lot to do with uh xavier there's the some fantastic four tie-ins here um however more more recently let's see it says recently ego was among the beings who assaulted thanos while he was possessed the heart of infinite um but most recently the zandarian world mind implemented its control over ego's consciousness and took it for the new headquarters of the nova Corps, and has been dubbed new xander <gasps> shut up yeah ego's not real happy about that <laughs> that seems awesome so uh so, so that brings us to one aisha before we get to aisha i do um want to remind people that okay you know these are these are better casts when we have lots of feedback and god do we have a lot of we feedback, do have feedback on this one so thank you um so but for future casts you can send us an email at randomtpodcasts at gmail.com or on twitter at randomtcasts or on tumblr at randomtpodcasts.tumblr.com or on facebook at facebook.com slash randomtpodcasts and if you don't want to remember any of that, you can just go to randomtpodcasts.com, scroll to the bottom, and there's links to all that Boom. social stuff. There it is. What else can they find on our website? All our other podcasts. So many other podcasts. We Our Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is going to be wrapping up probably next weekend because uh, we like lives. Yeah. And sleep. And we have uh, two other podcasts we're recording this weekend. So right, right. Yeah, we'll do Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. next weekend. Yeah. That wrap-up cast. We just finished. I mean, it's all out there ready for you to listen to. Uh all the other MCU movies are out there. We are literally caught up. Yeah. That's this summer. Kind of a weird feeling. This summer, we will be doing the Netflix uh, Marvel shows, but we will be doing one podcast per season. So that's one right. for Daredevil season one, one for Jessica Jones season one, so on and so forth. So look forward to that this summer. And we're putting that on this feed? The MCU feed, yes. It'll be on this feed. So look what, for that this summer. What else is coming after that but before Thor Ragnarok? Spider Man. No, but I mean else. Oh. Thor and Loki character study. Oh god, yeah. You're not going to make me do a Spider-Man character study? No. Please no. I'm not. Please no. Cuz it the whole the She whole fucking s- hates Peter Parker. I hate Peter Parker. I do with with a passion that's unequivalent to anything. And really makes not a lot of sense. I know. I don't know. I and I can't explain it. Yeah. So no, but we are going to be casting Homecoming. So this should be super fun because <laughs> Johnny fucking hate hates it. Spider-Man. I hate it. So, I yeah. hate it. it. That's the whole going to be the whole. But part. no, before I hate it. Bo- sometime before Thor Ragnarok, we're yeah, going to do, do a Thor and Loki. A Thor and Loki. I can't just study, and I'm so excited. So yeah, get your emails Loki. in for that. Loki. Kaylin Loki. 
give me some thoughts because I can mostly just pterodactyl streak about. Streak? Uh-huh. I can do that, too. All right. Woo! Please don't. I mean, I love you and all, but. But don't. But no. But also don't. But don't. So, yeah. So we've got a ton of other podcasts, basically. So much. Gotham's going to be wrapping up its uh, yeah. third season. All of our po- eight American Gods, our American Gods podcast is apparently blowing Exploded. up. Our, subs- our RSS subscriptions have just almost doubled. Almost doubled since American Gods since started. Since we started podcasting American Gods, and we're only four episodes in. So, yeah. Wow. You guys, so um, get in on that. Get in on that. Yeah, that's such a good show. And you're, it's only it's only eight episodes this season. So that's like a, you can binge that in one day. Yeah, you can. Like, let's be Commit. real. Commit. Do it. And only four episodes right now, so you can binge it right now. Yep. Do it. Do the thing. And send us feedback. Yeah, you will. Oh. But you know, if you got some spare time, our agent Carter's out there. Yep. Uh, come the summer, a random movies is going to pick back up. Yep. As well as random revelries, which yep. is our catch all. So. So yeah. What else can they find on our website? Janya. Our sponsor. <gasps> Unofficial natural fandom fragrances. Yay! Dude, it smell like your favorite character. Okay, we're talking about Marvel's Loki. <sighs> Captain America. Oh my gosh. The Winter Soldier. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman! Uh, Joker. I don't know why I do that. Because reasons. Joker and Harley. Joker and Harley. Yep. Uh, check all those out. And I think they're still running their special. That's three for $10, guys. And that's any spray, spray and, and or roll-on. Roll yeah. Any combination thereof. Yeah. And like one bottle can cost anywhere from 5 to $9. So yeah. this is an awesome special. They're trying to do some clearing out to get some new stuff going. Take so advantage take while you advantage. can. Oh, my gosh. I would if I didn't have so many of them. I know. I've I've got like 25 Oh, of them. my gosh. Um, but they're really good. They are. I've been carrying around Han Solo in my back, my purse for a year. Yep, as a roll on, as a roll on, it's still not leaking. So, so guys, check them out. Uh, you can use our code Random Tea Podcast. No S gets you ten percent off five dollars or more, and again, one bottle. Yeah, gets you in. Yep. So check that out. Do the thing. It's some great stuff. So yeah. Anything else? I don't think so. Okay, uh, then let's move on to Aisha, I played w- by one Elizabeth Debicki. And speaking of our other podcast, that would be the night manager that she was in. Oh, my God. She made out with Loki. She did make out with Tom Hiddleston. Okay, but, like, also Loki. Yeah, okay. Can um, you imagine, like, Loki making out with Aisha? Like, that'd be pretty hot. They'd be coordinating. Because his whole <laughs> He likes the gold. gold. His horns you, are gold. You did point that out. He does like the gold. So. I mean, it would have been weird if it was, like, silver. Yeah, true. So, true. like, he can't make out with the silver surfer for no. aesthetic reasons. No. Um, but yeah, I, I thought she was, she plays such a good oh my statuesque gosh. bitch. I like her better <laughs> in this than I did in Night Manager. She was a hot mess as Jed. But Jed was a hot mess. But like, okay, think about her in, uh, The Man from Uncle. Who was she in The Man from Uncle? The bad guy. Oh, right, 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 right. The right, statuesque right, right. bitch. Oh, yeah. She, she does. plays the statuesque she's, bitch she's like, really well. She's six foot one. Oh, my God. Okay, and what did I tell you bet- during the movie that, like, I made you ship? I don't remember. Her and Gwen Christie. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. For that visual. Caitlin, I would like to hear back on that. Yeah. We'll discuss later. Yes. We'll see you in a couple of weeks. <laughs> uh, there will be a group discussion. Yes, there will. Um. Okay, so the Sovereign is a complete MCU Earth one nine 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 invention. 
And like, but the- that's because again, the race that the canonical Aisha is from, um, I think it's tied own. up with fantastic. Again, you're, you're getting in that that Fantastic Four. Yeah, because Fantastic Four is a lot more in the cosmic realm than some of the others. Correct. So they bump into them a lot. But I thought, like, ultimately, let's be real. They, they were a complete red herring as far as, like, you were led to... they. The marketing was leading you to believe that they were the big bad. Mm-hmm. We all knew it was going to be knew better. Ego. Let's be real. Um, but, like, they were kind of just a distraction. But also, it was just a backdoor for Adam Warlock. The Enclave. That's, the Enc- that's, oh, that's, that's who they're based on? That's who they're based on. Okay. Okay, so they made them the sovereign, and and they're douchebags. Aisha, like, let's be real. Aisha and Adam Warlock are basically uh, genetic twins. Okay, so that was so. Is the Enclave kind of the same deal as the Sovereign, where they're like we're genetically pure and all that? Yeah, bullshit? they they do that. They are the ones who cre- they are the ones who created her and Adam. She okay. didn't create Adam; they created her and Adam. Okay, canonically. Uh, by the way, canonically, she's six foot six. Oh my god, she's amazing. And 390 pounds of pure muscle. I mean, like, she's fucking amazing. But also, she was pretty funny, too. Like, they had that moment with the carpet. Yeah. So, like, they played her douchebaggedness for laughs a couple times, and, like, it worked. It did work, and she played it well. Yeah. Her first comic uh, was actually an Incredible Hulk annual number six in 1977. Wow, so she's been around a while. She has been around. Well, so is Adam. Yeah. Um, I'm excited about Adam Warlock. And here's a fun fact. In one of the many universes in the Earth 691 universe, because, you know, there's the seven something, there's the 616 is the main canon. Is the main canon currently. Right, right. Main, yeah, comic canon that's current. Right. Is 616 and then Earth 1999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999999
like, is this an actor we know? Yeah. You know him. Oh, God. Who is it? He was in Stranger Things. No. The sheriff? No. Okay. Benny from the diner. What? My sweet baby Benny? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. I will not accept that. Yes. I will not accept that. You have to. he's a douchebag. You have to. Taserface is a canonical character. What an a-hole. He's real. Oh, my God. Why? Like, okay. I feel like this was kind of meta because, like, let's be real. There's some terrible comic book character names. And I feel like Rocket making repeated jokes about how terrible a name is Taserface I felt like that was like, we feel you, comic fans. It's stupid, and we're going to make fun of it. Where did I put his papers? Oh, my gosh. You were so organized, too. I was organized, but now I can't find... All right. I apologize for... Is he not in your binder? She literally has a binder, y'all. I have to now. I feel like we should probably take a picture of the binder and... (laughs) No. Show the the folks how prepared (laughs) you... Like, Janya, like, goes all out for these. Yeah. This is why it may take a little longer, but the quality you're going to get, because uh, she does research. Yeah, and there will be a comic list in the show notes. Yes, there will Although be. not nearly as in-depth as I usually do, because not a whole lot of this is canon. So, yeah. But like yeah. Aisha's first appearance, the Ravengers, and Taserface is from Earth-691. He needs to go home. His citizenship is the planet of Stark. Okay. What? Oh, you didn't you tell me about them? Like they named themselves that because they thought Tony Stark was cool. Is kind mm-hmm. of ish. I'm just gonna read from the character description here. Okay, off of the Marvel thingamabob. I don't like him. Taserface was born in the future reality known as the 31st century or Earth 691. He was a member of the race of primitive beings that inhabited an unidentified planet that. Be- Came the resting place for a cache of armor and technology jettisoned into space by Anthony Stark in an effort to keep it away from the vicious Martian masters. God damn it, Tony Stark. Taserface and his brethren eventually mastered this technology and at some point developed the skill and understanding to create an armored suit for every inhabitant of the planet, creating a world of cyborgs. cyborgs. As a tribute to their technological god, they created a large statue in his likeness and named their race and world the Stark. Yeah, they thought Tony Stark was really cool. They didn't know who Tony Stark was. All the things just said Stark. I kind of explained it. They don't even know who Tony Stark is. Whatever. Whatever. So he's an asshole. So he's an asshole, but he was freaking hilarious. Oh my god. Like, at first I thought he was called Taserface because his face had been tased so many times and that's why it looked like it did. His aliases are Nameless One and Seventeen, if that makes you feel any better. Nameless One is better. Actually... There is a nameless one in Elder Scrolls Online, and she tells you how you should never, ever tell anybody your name, and she's an assassin. But if her name is the nameless one, isn't that her name? Nope. Not a real name. And she's not actually nameless if she has a name. You won't tell That's a lie. Shut up. It's cool. It's a lie. Shut up. It's cool. It's It's a lie. It's in the... um, Lies. She is in the Belkarth Outlaw Refuge, if you want to go come see her. So, Taserface... (laughs) <laughs> is an asshole is a supreme asshole but i think the show needed him in order to give yondu, it his, made yondu his... look way better i know it really did <laughs> bless him and the only reason they were able to get one up on yondu is because nebula took out his uh mohawk yeah yeah, yeah and then he, well then he got the fin oh. which is the canonical which is 
I'm so glad they did that because we talked about that in the first one. We did. I was like, to have a giant red mohawk. That that mohawk's just wrong. They were saving it. Yeah. James Gunn had a plan. He did. I trust trust James Gunn. Trust James Gunn. I do. I trust him. Like I trust the Russo brothers. Russo brothers get Earth. James Gunn gets the cosmic. Gets cosmic. Yeah. That's it's fine. Uh, Craglin. My sweet baby. Sweet baby Craglin. I really want to see him in Infinity War, but I don't think we're going to. I don't think we will either, purely because there's 4,000 other people in it. Sean Gunn. But Not to be confused with Sean Bean. I, I love Craglin and Sean Gunn so much, especially when I saw... Um, I highly recommend the, the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 special features. Because it's so I much... I always recommend any special features, but... It's so much on-set stuff to actually see Sean with the ra- with the rocket yes. rig. Or with the Groot he, uh, head. Yes, because he, he does Groot, too. Yeah. So, like, he'll crouch yeah, down. because the Groot in 2 was a little thing. Yeah. They did for lighting and whatnot. But, like, he would crouch down and, like, hold Rocket up to the right height. And he did the on-set voice. So, like, the actors... Worked with We're Sean. responding to Sean, yeah. And then also, like, him as Craglin is kind of, like, I love tragically Craglin. amazing. I fucking love Craglin. He's precious and I want to hug him. Yeah, I think his cheering at the end... That's what... That's I where... I think it, that's what got me. That's where it the really first gets time you. Where I was like, okay, you don't I really, can hold it in, and then Craglin just... Because you don't really get... The impact the of The impact it. of, yeah, until... <gasps> Craglin. Because Craglin knows how important this is. Yes. And and it's while, um, it, it, and right after Rocket has to explain, oh, I called them, da 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 da. But it was Craglin's, like, emotional reaction to that. When Rocket <sighs> says, I only want to, he says something about I only want to have to deal with losing one friend today. You know he met Yondu. Because he knew Yondu would save Peter. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Rocket knew good and well when he gave him, when he said, I have a spacesuit and I have a rocket pack, and I only have one of each. He knew what he was doing. Well, he was trying to get Yondu out of there, and Yondu said, you've got to let me have this. Rocket knew exactly. He knew exactly Yondu was, was going to have to sacrifice yeah. himself to get Quill up. Yeah. So, like, but Craglin, my sweet angel... He was the loyal one, even though, like, yes. he did not mean to do the whole mutiny. He just wanted to buy no, God. He, he wanted to have to. his say. He did. And, again, I feel like we're missing that, that moment between Yondu and Craglin. That would have made a complete film. I really want some sometime between Rocket giving him the spacesuit and the thing. Yondu to have Yondu called to have him. called Craglin for something. Because he knew at that point he wasn't getting out. Yeah. And... We had the brother moment when Craglin gave Quill to Zune. And then... Cap knew you were going to come back to the fold and da-da-da-da. And then Peter gives him the... The arrow. The Yarrow arrow, yeah. I love that he was practicing with it in the end credit scene. That was beautiful. Oh my god, that was amazing. And again, Drax was just there for comedic value. Yeah, he really was, the whole thing. Let's be... Uh, so, Meredith Quill was played by Laura Haddock. I we thought are... she did a really good job, mostly in the first movie, though. Because, yeah, but the fact that they did bring her back, yeah, felt really good. I loved the little flashes we got of her with like, um, not a baby Peter, but like maybe eight, ten year old Peter of them listening to music together, and we only got a couple flashes of them. 
Um, but I liked that. That was nice. But I, I kind of want to know when Yondu, when Yondu, geez, he was his daddy, not his father. Um, when, uh, Ego came back, he said he came back three times. Did he come back when Peter was alive or was this pre? I think it was all pre. I got the impression it was all pre. Okay. But the last time he came back, he gave her, he gave her cancer and Quill was 10 when she died. So I'm thinking maybe, mm, maybe he a, did. maybe a know. couple years of uh. it. So, yeah, eh, I guess I'm not. So, again, like I kind of took it. I mean, Ego came back and didn't deal with Peter until after Meredith was gone. Yeah. And that's kind of shitty. But, of course, Ego was kind of shitty. Yeah. Uh, So just some random rando people who were in this. Rob Zombie. I looked for him again. He, you hear him, you don't see him. He okay. Is, he is he is listed as unseen Ravenger, and apparently he was in the first one too. Oh, I did not you, know that. You hear him, you don't see him. Oh, well, there you go then. Yeah, whatever. Uh, we already talked about Jim Gunn Senior and uh, Loita Gunn. Yep, they were both in it. Kudos to uh, one James and Sean Gunn for getting their parents in it. That's super cool. Totally. Uh, Greg Henry did reprise his role as Grandpa Quill. Yay! I didn't see him in. Even after you pointed out, I thought... Oh, like, he's right there in that truck. And I thought you were saying that that was the gun's grandfather. And I was like, that's really yeah, cool. Yeah, because I pointed out, there's the gun's parents. Right. But that's grandpa. Because I knew they were in it after after the last... After the first time we saw it, and I was yeah. like, okay, now we're going to actually get to see him. Yeah, but... No. Yeah. Uh, so, Wyatt Oliaf reprised his role as young Peter Quill. Okay. It is the same kid. Oh, yay. It's the same kid, Peter. Uh, but Wyatt is also in It. Who is he in It? Stan. <gasps> he's... Oh, he's Stan Uris. Oh, he's going to hurt me. Yes, he is. He's going to hurt my heart. So you'll have to remember that when we um, see it. See the It podcast for my many complicated feelings about that piece of media. It's on our miniseries feed. Yeah, it is. And it's going to be on our movie feed at some point when I yeah. stop crying. <laughs> It'll be the whole podcast. I'm pretty much going to have to, like, hold your hand the entire movie. So It'll just be get fine. ready for that. It's fine. Watch it like this with the filters. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, no, I use my... Oh, okay. Okay. Um, I use my shirt. It's fine. So Seth Green, Howard the Duck. Nobody wants him. Nobody cares. Okay, like, the one fault I have with James Gunn... Is the Howard the Duck. Is the Howard the Duck because, first of all, I don't give no shits about Howard nope. the Duck. Second of all, we wasted our 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 post credit scene, and I think that's why we got five this time. He was saying, I'm sorry. Our post credit scene for Guardians that I was like, this is going to be awesome. This is going to be so fucking awesome. We got fucking Howard the Duck. And albeit we got Cosmo, but also we got fucking Howard the Duck. Was voiced by Seth Green, who I usually like. I like Seth Green, and it's not his fault, but also, I don't care for Howard the Duck. He sucks. Okay. I have strong feelings. Okay. So, then there's our other, because we already talked about Stargirl, because Stallone's listed highly. Right, right, right. In the credits. So, then you get... <gasps> Michelle Yeoh. Please be Michelle Yeoh. Well, actually, she's not next on the list, oh. but she's in the list. Okay. Then it's... Uh, I'm just... Ving Charlie Rames. 27 was played by Ving Rames. Ving Rames is awesome. He's huge. I'm a huge Ving Rames fan ever since 
God, he's been in all the uh, Mission Impossible movies. Yeah, these are the other. I love him. Which I've never watched. Um, yeah, he's one of the Ravenger clans. He's awesome. Uh, I like Ving. And then Michael Rosenbaum was Martinex. He was the uh, glassy dude. Yeah, he um, he's probably most well known for being Lux Luthor on Smallville. Yep. Uh, so way to then, cross over to D, uh, to Marvel. And then Michelle Yeoh as Alita Orgood, who canonically in the comics it's is Star's wife, uh, sister. Oh, I thought they were married. They merged to become Star Lord, or no, Star Hawk. Oh, I blocked that out because yeah. that sounded a little bit too like Wonder Twins. Mm-hmm. Um, I really liked her, but I also liked that because they showed each of them on each of their ships mm-hmm. with their chest, chest thing. bumping. Yeah, but like she had two ladies behind her, so there, so I so feel there like are, that's an all lady there, Ravager. But there are female Ravagers. I know, but I feel like that's an all lady Ravager ship, and I like want can an entire I just movie say, of that. Can I just say Pirate King Swan? Pirate King Swan. Pirate King Swan. Uh, and then Miley Cyrus did the voice of Mainframe. I don't care about that. However, she is uncredited. But Mainframe. But Mainframe. It's, it's She's a character. Yeah. She's canon. Uh, Fred, I ain't got nothing for Miley Cyrus, though. Whatever. Uh, you're so judgy. Uh, not that I care, so. She's just, like, Cosmo the space dog was played by Fred. Wait, where was Cosmo? In the end credit scene. He was in the end credit scene? Along with Jeff Goldblum. I didn't notice that we Big had Big space dog. Yeah, we got a space dog. I miss Cosmo. I miss Grandmaster the first time. I miss Grandpa Quill the first time, too. And the, little and the second time. And the second time. Uh, David Hasselhoff played Zardu Hasselfraw. God love you, Gamora. Uh, and then, of course, Stanley is also credited. He is my Stanny baby. So, Yeah, and that was that was our goof. One of our goofs. Oh, yeah, let's go. James Gunn done fucked up. Yeah, James Gunn fucked up on the timeline. Because he referenced a 2016 movie. Yeah, he did. And a 2014 timeline. So you want to go over goofs? Sure. Hit me with it. Hit me with your best shot. (laughs) Sorry. Not sorry. Uh, Peter calls Rocket a trash panda. The expression was first coined on the internet in 2014, the year in which the film takes place. However, the Guardians have not had any contact with Earth to this point. Peter's the reason that that started. Shut up. Mm. Trash panda. So here's my trash panda. Here's a goof that has an argument. Ooh. Yondu tells Rocket he found them by adding a tracker device to Peter's ship. However, Peter's ship was built by the Nova Corps at the end of the first film after being destroyed. Yeah. The ship could have been unattended. There is no record of time between Yondu leaving and Quill being shown the ship. Plus, they say we salvage as much as the ship as possible. The tracker may always have been there. Yeah, I was okay with that. Like, that's the kind of stuff that doesn't, like, kill me as far as goof-wise. When Rocket escapes with Yondu, he asks if they still have any of Peter's old music on the ship. He called it a clone, clone. which I thought clones? was so interesting. Yeah, I did Instead too. of a copy. yeah. Uh, the song they put on the intercom was Come a Little Bit Closer by Jay and the Americans, which is on Awesome Mix Volume 2. Peter didn't get that tape until the end of the first movie, movie long after he was on Yondu's ship. Um, shut up. Oh, here it is. Uh, Stan Lee's cameo character and informant for the Watchers, ex- 
explains that in his experiences on Earth, he was a Federal Express employee. This is a direct <laughs> reference to a past <laughs> MCU film, Captain America Civil War, which was released in 2016. <laughs> the MCU timeline also places the events of the film as 2016 as well. However, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 takes place in 2014. Just yep. two, mo- two months. Oh, wow. So even less time. Two months after the first film. So the Watcher informant would have no way of telling them of a job he had on Earth if it never happened in the chronological timeline. However. Time travel shit. This error can be argued by saying that he could be referencing to a past event and not his direct cameo in Civil War. This can only be solved by relying on the possibility that if the Stanley cameos in all of the MCU films are the same person, it would have to be that the informant would have to continuously switch jobs throughout the MCU timeline. Yeah, and the f- it, it really melts your brain when you think about he's not even just in the MCU. He's in the X-Men movies. He's in the Deadpool movie. It's in his contract. So just think about your brain melting. Uh, when Peter's ship is crashing into the forest, Drax is still outside being pulled along on a rope tether. Yep. Which, dumb. Well, it's Drax, so oh, no. yeah. As soon as the ship hits the first tree, the ship would have slowed down, but Drax would not have. He should have piled into cargo hold, but still he stays outside hitting the trees. Because it's more funny here. Or... It's com- Again, he's comic relief. He gets yeah, to he hit totally all the trees is. and, yeah. Of course he does. Yeah. All the stupid sticks. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. He called... Yeah, and he called Baby Groot Twig. Yes, he did. And then at the end, uh, Rocket's like, he did call you Twig. He did call you Twig. So, James Gunn is known for having as few goofs as he possibly could. So, those were the most interesting. Those are the... There were others, but that that was it. Wow. That I found Good job, James Gunn. Of any... Because he's totally listening. And Sean Gunn, I love you and I would hug you if I could. So this, I'm going to, on to trivia. This is all Yay! on IMDb, by the way. It's just really fun to discuss. Um, and I just marked some that were interesting. I We read those in the theater as we were waiting for the end credit scenes to play out. Yes, you did. <laughs> uh, director James Gunn revealed that he and Kevin Feige wanted David Bowie to appear in a cameo before his death. That would have been perfect. Um, now, some of the, I didn't mark all of these, just some of the interesting ones. But there are a lot, so if you want to read them, go on IMDb, and yes. it's pages and pages. Chris Pratt said that he thought Michael Rooker was the best shirtless scene in the film because he said Rooker's shirtless scene is actually about showing vulnerability and developing Yondu's character. You learn something about him in the moment, but his own scene was just to show off his body and really did not add anything to Peter Quill. I mean, that's true. I feel like Absolutely. Pratt gets it. Pratt knows. Yep. Uh, James Gunn choreographed and served as the motion capture model for Groot's dance during the opening credits scene. It took the visual effects team nearly two years to complete the CG rendering of the scene for the final film. It was beautiful. Two years. Two years well spent. Have you ever tried to render anything? No. I know I don't have the patience for that. Back in the day, when I was originally studying for my webmaster diploma. You... I had to, uh, because the quarter that I started classes, the actual webmaster program was not available yet. They told me it was coming in the next quarter. Uh-huh. So you had to take something. So I started out as a CAD student. Oh, God. And took a CAD class. That is some of the most 
detailed work. It was so awesome. Well, you you'd be like your your brain. I think would I fucking loved it. Operate on that frequency, but you would set something to render. Go get something to eat for lunch, and then come back, and it might yeah. be done. Yeah. Yeah, so... That, like, the the level of work that it takes on, like, VF, VFX people is mm-hmm. amazing to me. Because they have to, like, there's oh, so yeah, much yeah. tedium. Uh, oh, Laura Haddock, who plays character Meredith Quill, Peter Quill's mother, also appeared in Captain America, the first Avenger. Shut the hell up! As a fan of Captain America. Shut the hell up! So, you mean yeah. I'm gonna have to rewatch it again to make oh, sure that that's oh, correct? Oh, that's so awful! Damn it! Oh, you Damn. Poor thing. Oh, terrible. <laughs> so terrible! It is Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, it's probably gonna be on somewhere. Elizabeth, I've got it. Well, I know I do too. In like two different places, <laughs> in here and in there. Um, Elizabeth Debicki was cast as Aisha because of her six foot three. Height. Hot damn. During filming, she wore platform shoes to increase her height to six foot seven. She's amazing. She is amazeballs. I want to see her in way more stuff. I think she'd be awesome in a comedy, personally. James Gunn has gone on record to say he wants to give Nebula her own spinoff movie. (laughs) That's a movie I would throw money at. Oh, my God. That would be amazing. Uh, Yondu has a larger head fin in the film, bringing the characters look closer to his comic counterpart. We talked about that. For the film's opening uh, flashback set in the 1980s, Kurt Russell was oh, de-aged. Was, was de-aged with makeup on set and then touched. Yeah, it was 32 years late. 32, 34, 34. years. So, yeah, it would have to have been the 80s. All right, hold on. I'm going to do math. Because I was born in the 70s. Yeah, you were. I was born in the 80s. You're such a child. Shut up. But I love you. I know. Your hair looks nice. Thank you. Okay. 1980, um, to be exact. Oh. I did math on my phone. Oh, you did, didn't you? In September 2015, James Gunn said in a Facebook post that he wanted to use the Sneepers. Wait, what? The Sneepers. Is that a... Are you fucking kidding me? An alien race that first appeared in the Marvel Comics in 1964. That is such an inside joke with us and our friends. Sneep Snoop. Snoopy Sneep. Sneep Snoop lives! Sneep Sneep! <laughs> oh my god. Oh, that's amazing. As background characters in the film, but he was advised against it by Marvel's legal department because the name was too similar to Sneepier, the Icelandic <laughs> word for clitoris. What? The he Marvel, should have used it all the more reason. The Marvel legal department later create, cleared the use of sneepers in the film in part because of the entire media coverage Gunn's initial post received. Oh my god, that's amazing. They are mentioned, so. So really, Sneep Snoop is... Sneep Sneep. Clit Snoop. Pretty much. Awesome. That makes it better. Just gonna point that out there. Caitlin Claire, we're gonna discuss. Discuss. Yeah. Ego's name is Greek for I am. A douchebag. The Hebrew name for God, Yahweh, also means I am. And God identifies himself as such in the book of I Exodus. I am that I am. Yeah. The stink bug that gets eaten in the film was actually made of chocolate and black honey. I'm very glad that they addressed that. I thought it was a spider. I think it's a very important. I thought it was a spider, but I guess it was a, sni- uh, a stink bug. That's still, that bug still did not deserve that. I just want to it say. It didn't. It didn't. Well, he died. 
Yondu killed him, but good later. Okay, good. <laughs> I loved when Rocket flies out of the battle to take the thing out of Baby Groot's mouth. Put No, put that down. Put that down. God, that's disgusting. And then he flies back. Oh, yeah. Oh, Co-parenting. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Oh, my God. That was amazing. While not quite to the level of Volume 1's opening sequence... That was pretty fucking great. It was great. pretty fucking great. Yeah. And and I, I have single-handedly I love the Groot. I love the Groot so, dance. So, I'm so glad that's James Gunn. So, so if the skin is too thick from the outside and yet it's going to be just as thick from the inside, how did the monster get the cut on his neck? Baby Groot. Vin Diesel recorded Groot's voice for 16 forum language releases of this film up from six in the first film i'm so proud of him well you know vin diesel went to the premiere of the first one in stilts he did just well and james gunn went to the premiere with rack with oreo the raccoon yeah he did well at least the london premiere i don't know if he did the all the others but you know uh the edible yara root that was not ripe god damn <laughs> Nebula, they were just looking they out for you. you repeatedly, but also she was hungry. Yeah, that's true. She was just—you're right. She was just hangry the whole movie. She was just hangry. Yep. Uh, it was designed to resemble enlarged pollen grains and was made of non-dairy white chocolate. Ooh, yums! Lots of chocolate in this film. Yums. Glenn Close filmed scenes of Nova Prime, but okay. they were cut for running time. Okay. Um. The ironic thing about Gomorrah not enjoying dancing is actress Zoe Sandella actually made a deep background in dancing with ballet being her first passion. See the movie Center Stage if you don't believe us. Mm -hmm. She she does the ballet. Uh, okay, so uh, here's another. Stanley's cameo refers to him being a postman, a potential reference to his cameo in Captain America Civil War. Uh, alternately, this may be a reference to his cameo in the first Fantastic Four. No, he specifically he said FedEx man. guy. Does he say FedEx man? Okay. He does. But yes, that is a true statement. He was at the Baxter building mm. in the first Fantastic mm -hmm. Four with Michael Chiklis, who is now on Gotham. Not anymore. Well, he was. Yeah. Let's well, no, he still is. He escaped. Yeah, I don't even. Uh, we're not going to talk about that. Yep, he's still there. Uh, to make the Ravagers belts, prop master Russell Bobbitt. Had his team cut the leather themselves rather than buying existing belts. And parts from different electronic devices such as radios and cell phones were glued together to make each belt a unique piece of art. That's awesome. Yeah, the costume and prop department, like, oh, A+. Plus. I, forgot I forgot about this. The Walkman. Oh my god, no, no. Oh god. Mantis compares the idea of Ego's planet from having people settle on him as, like, inviting fleas to live on your body. Right. In Rocket Raccoon number 6, published in 2014, Rocket takes a job exterminating giant fleas that have settled on Ego. Just let that sink in. I'm just... My cat is snoring. I apologize. That is a thing. That is a thing that happened. So, there's that. So, there's that. Man, if you think you thought a weird thought, no... Comic Cannon probably already thought that thought. And did it. Um, here's one that's not so much fun. Oh, you're going to hurt me, aren't you? Yes, I am. Olivia Jackson, the stunt woman for Nebula on the original Guardians of the Galaxy, suffered a traumatic brain injury. Aww. 
left arm injury, which led to an amputation and multiple fractures to the left side of her face with reconstructive surgery needed. Oh, wow. This was during filming of Resident Evil, the final chapter, during a motorcycle scene in which a camera on the crane was too low and hit her. Oh, no. Oddly enough, Nebula returns in Guardian of the Galaxy Volume 2 with a prosthetic left arm and constructed left side face. Oh. Like, I know they can't fix it and make it better, but, like, that's pretty fucking cool. That's that's a salute if I've ever seen that's, one. That's nice. Uh, oh, yeah, here it is. The, that's the, they traded Ego for Negasonic Teenage Warhead set of powers. Yeah. Specifically. And having more creative freedom. I honestly would love to have sat in on that meeting. Um. Uh, Stanley's cameo was discussing previous adventures, including his cameo in other Marvel films, according to Kevin Feige. This is a nod to the popular theory that Lee is a cosmic entity in Marvel. <gasps> Stanley clearly exists, you know, above and apart from the reality of all the films. So the notion that he could be sitting there on a cosmic pit stop during the jump gate sequence in Guardians was something very fun. Wait a minute, this is the same characters popped up in all the films. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, yeah, I've seen theories that he is a watcher. Yeah. I'm going to, we've got, I've got another article to read after this cool uh it's greg henry yeah he was in there whilst traveling via multiple space hops one of the planets the ship travels past appears to be the cronin home world this is the home to korg the rock creature who will be appearing in the planet hulk storyline of thor ragnarok <gasps> Ooh. thor having uh, already fought and defeated one in thor the dark world yeah 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 yeah, yeah. uh-huh what time is it show thor time thor time <laughs> Uh, the maroon and white ribbon over Yondu's eye at the end of the movie is the United States Army Good Conduct Medal. Mm, it hurt me. All that hurt. Prepping Yondu for... In Guardians of the Galaxy 2014, Volume 1, a cocoon is seen in the collector's collection. Many speculated this cocoon contained Adam Warlock, who's a member of the Guardians in the comic. Director James Gunn has since stated the collector's cocoon does not contain the character. We know where he is. Yeah, we do. Sovereign, baby. He wasn't in existence quite I'm yet. I'm so excited. Okay, the medals are... There's a U.S. Air Force Musilier's pin. Uh, the Good Conduct ribbon. A United States Air Force Missile Maintenance Badge, affectionately known as a pocket rocket, which is worn exclusively in the pocket of Air Force weapons oh my God, specialists that's amazing. who have worked with guided missiles and guided missile systems. That is perfect pocket rocket uh they're saying that the ego in this film is an incorporation of ego jason peter quill's father and a celestial so it's a combination okay. of characters doesn't mean i have to like it because <laughs> she doesn't according to james gunn the reason why groot always freezes when drax catches him dancing is because he knows drax disapproves of it this is reinforced when drax explains that he was attracted to his late wife because of the way she steadfastly did not dance baby groot Baby Groot. Uh, Ego identifies himself as a celestial. In the original Marvel comics, he is a cosmic entity. The celestials are a cosmic race of powerful beings created in 1976 by Jack Kirby, made of pure energy embodied in giant armors and dedicated to the experimentation, creation, and development of sentient life across the universe. S on the Searcher made a cameo in Guardians of the Galaxy 2014, yep. appearing during the speech of the Collector about Infinity Gems. He was the purple guy destroying everything. Oh, here it is. 
there was some fan speculation as to whether or not Baby Groot was a reborn version of the original and retained all of his original memories, as is the case in the comic books. James Gunn stated that Baby Groot does not have the original memories and is a different creature, meaning the original Groot did actually die in the first film. So it's kind of like uh, like a, an actual plant cutting. Yeah. You can take a cutting from the same plant, but mm-hmm. that doesn't make it. But does it, it make it the, the original yeah. plant? Yeah. So, oh God, that hurts though. Now that I, now that you actually said the words Groot died in the original film. Mm-hmm. Like I, I was like, oh yeah, no, it's a different Groot. Like my, but my brain was like, stop there. Don't make it hurt. <laughs> and it hurts now. Yeah. But do you, do you see the sad face I have written next to that particular? <laughs> you do. He's got a little teary eye. You do. Yeah. Next to that particular piece. Oh. Yeah. Uh, this one I have a question mark next to. Okay. It says, in the sequence where Rocket and Yondu are trying to get Baby Groot to retrieve Yondu's fin, <laughs> one of the items he mistakenly steals is a cybernetic eye. This is the same eye that Rocket claimed that he needed he in the need. first movie before embarking on the final battle. He did need that. I need it. Uh, oh, do you, it says required and underlined oh, twice. Jesus. Apparently, this particular piece of trivia was very important to me. All right, hit me with it. When Ego's body is regenerating near the end of the film, the last part of his body that forms is an area around his left eye. Kurt Russell famously played the character Snape Plissken, a character who wore an eye patch over his left eye in John Carpenter's Escape from New York and Escape from L.A. Which Janya, for some reason, likes and thinks that it sounds like a cool world to live in. Snake Plissken. They are prison cities. Prison. And I also nice. I also enjoy zombie post-apocalyptic dystopian universes. So you're weird, and we're friends. Yes, yes. But you know what? If the zombie apocalypse happens, we have a plan. We're fucking gonna survive. That's right. Mostly because of you, but I'm gonna shoot things and be angry. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay that's all the that's it yeah that's all, that's the all we got oh because well i want to get to these articles and we're already i know super long that's okay it's a marvel cast like what do you expect uh this is an article that michael refers to oh cool. uh, or he or he sent me i don't remember if he sent it to me on facebook or it was in his email but it's about um how they got mantis all wrong according to the character's creator okay um, not like anybody really cares, but she's completely different. She was but actually like, a human. also, if you could say that about like most most comic characters, characters, yeah, um, yeah. I find it really cool that Jack Kirby created the Celestials. Uh, though Steve Englehart stating, "I wasn't impressed with what they did with Mantis, but the Mantis on screen was entertaining. I liked her, but that's not Mantis." Sorry for your luck, and like I get that, but also. That's the thing about being a comic creator. You did create them, but also you yeah. don't own them. And you don't own an, any iteration of them. So, like, I get that, but also tough titties, that's what you signed up for. Yeah. So. Uh, this is the eight big Easter eggs in the Guardian of the Galaxy. This is a Nerdist uh, article. Uh, eight Easter eggs. Uh, Howard the Duck. Yeah. Cosmo the Space Dog. Yay! I missed him. He's in the film's credits. Uh, Rob Zombie, Jimmy Urin, yeah. David Hasselhoff, and Steve Ag cameos. Okay. Uh, they're all different Ravengers. Okay. Except, um, except Hasselhoff, Hasselhoff, who is Hasselhoff. Uh, Although he does have the little speaky part in um, uh, Guardians Inferno. Yeah, that's listed on here. 
We are Groot. That's uh, right. The Grandmaster and Finding Cronin. Yeah. We went over that. Eternity. This is one we haven't been over. Peter Quill's whispering eternity with spacey black eyes while ego manipulating him cannot be a coincidence. Since James Gunn packs so much into his films, it's hard not to believe that the Marvel character Eternity will come into play somewhere down the line, especially considering Eternity's tendency to show up wherever the Infinity Stones are collected. Well, that sounds like it might be Infinity Wars, doesn't it? Maybe. But yeah, you know when he looks up and his guys turn all galaxy, he goes, Eternity. James Gunn does nothing by accident. Nope. Uh, we already talked about Greg Henry and the Gunn's parents. That's amazing. Adam Warlock, the original Guardians, <laughs> Stanley, and the Watchers. So we already covered all of that. Cool, cool. Um, dun, 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 and that. I think this is the second to last one. Okay. This one and then one more. This is the 11 spoilers James Gunn just revealed about Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Also a Nerdist article. Sorry, I follow my Facebook. I read them a lot. Nerdist is awesome. Yeah, they are. We love you, Hardwick. Uh, Groot is a tween, not a teen. This is all porting to James Gunn. So it's, I mean, like, as close to the source as you can get. Yeah. Uh, one of the stingers at the end of the movie showed a slightly aged Groot sitting in an unkept bedroom, addicted to video games, a.k.a. the basic teenage life. James Or, Gunn, a, or me, basically, right now as a 30-something-year-old person. Hey, I beat those two boss things in Arkham Asylum, Yay! by the way. I'm proud of you. Rudy watched me do it. That's uh, awesome. Anyone thought there was a tinger at stressing was an adolescent or tween? There you go. Uh, emphasis on the tween factor one could assume we might spend a lot of time guarding galaxy 3 dealing with the trials and tribulations of a teenage tree gun also said quill's understanding of groot's language is something that may be revealed in the third movie okay uh the next item is it's a movie about love between the fathers and sons we already knew about that yep literally the song father and son plays at the end of it pretty much uh the deaths in these movies are permanent okay so yondu real dead yeah ego real dead fans who can't let go of their newfound love for yondu are insistent he might make his return gun had a hard time killing off yondu since michael rooker is one of his closest friends and even created several drafts where yondu's demise wasn't permanent in the end gun felt the character's death needed to mean something and therefore it's sad to say but yondu is definitely gone it did and i'm not one for angsty stuff but like that had to happen yeah i mean it hurt and it had to hurt that was what it, it was, was necessary. To. Yeah, I yeah. think it's going to be necessary to Peter Quill's story character. I think it will. I think it will. Uh, apparently, Rooker kept falling asleep in the funeral scene. Oh my god! Of course he did. Rooker fucking crazy. And has there's a lot of footage of uh, Rooker snoring through the eulogy. Oh my god, that's amazing. We're I hope that those scenes make it to the DVD Blu-ray release. Please. Uh, the jump scenes were inspired by Large Marge from Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Okay. There's a. Little gif here. Okay. Yeah. Well, that whatever. is very specific. Don't, I'm like, whatever. Uh, Adam Warlock will not be in Infinity War. Okay, but he's going to be in the next Guardians. He, that's the idea. But he made it very clear Adam Warlock would not be in Infinity War, despite the fan insistence this was a possibility. No, but like everybody else is in Infinity War, so right? like we can't crowd it with... That's the thing. You don't want a new character introduced in Infinity War. Oh, God, no. We're going to have enough going on. Uh, James Gunn watched Rambo with Sylvester Stallone. Wow. Sylvester, not Sylvester. I don't know what I said. Wow. Can you imagine watching Rambo while sitting next to John Rambo? Wow. 
Oh, that's kind of weird. Like, I don't know that I, that would not be pleasant for me. Uh, make snarky comments. Um, James Gunn reads the Marvel fan sites and message boards. <gasps> I bet he listens to Listen up, fans. Too. All your ranting on message boards wasn't for naught. James Gunn <laughs> regularly reads through Marvel fan sites, and that's where he first found the theory of Stan Lee actually being the Watcher. He thought it was a fun idea, so he took inspiration for the scene from the message boards. How much you want to bet that's why we have five credit scenes, because everybody bitched about the credit scene he did last time. Gunn admitted to messing up the MCU timing when referring to Stanley's FedEx cameo, <laughs> considering it couldn't have happened timeline-wise. But with his, but as with most things in comics, can easily be explained somehow. Timey wimey. Gunn even came up with an idea of having Stanley mention he was once a DJ in a strip club, so as to subtly link his Deadpool appearance with the Marvel movies. Oh my God, that's awesome! And they probably wouldn't let him do it. That scene was obviously cut, but would have blown the minds of Marvel fans. Oh my God, that's amazing. People keep asking about the Zune. Gunn mentioned that one of the funniest requests he gets is to release the Guardian's soundtrack via Zune. <laughs> Who exactly is asking this ridiculous request is beyond me. Gunn said they reached out to Microsoft before the movie about the Zune appearance and Microsoft wanted nothing to do with the link to their failed media player. However, oh my God, Gunn, that's awesome. Gunn plans to use this newfound Zune interest. Again, who are you? To benefit the Rainforest Trust by auctioning off an actual screen-accurate Zune autographed by the cast. That was why it was so funny, because, like, they were so sure, like, this is what everybody on Earth is using right now, and it's got 300 songs. And 300? You saw, Quill, you saw Quill, like, what? And it's like, oh, God, in 2014, I had an iPod, or I had an iPhone that, like, had a bajillion songs. So many. That's why it was so funny. And it was Zune of all things. That was amazing. Uh, Mary Poppins was his only choice for Yondu's funniest line. Mary Poppins, y'all. When writing the scene where Peter suggests Yondu looks like Mary Poppins, James Gunn said he wasn't talking to cons- taking into consideration that Mary Poppins was even Disney property. He just immediately <laughs> visualized Yondu's Mary Poppins-esque flying down from above and felt that pop culture loving pil- Peter Quill would find it hilarious. Yep. Michael Rooker filmed many variations on this scene, including some not-safe-for-work endings. I want to see all of them. Ultimately went with I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. That's amazing. Gunn has high hopes that the DVD slash Blu-ray release will continue all the variations on this line. God, I hope so. Uh, James Gunn addresses the Baby Groot haters. Uh, they can suck it. Talking about Baby Groot was useless. Gunn was unfazed by this hurtful question about our beloved twig and answered by simply saying he saved the universe. How you, How is he useless? He's amazing and I love him and I want to squish and hug him. Uh, let's see. I want to see who this article was written by just so I can give them some credit. Uh, Jin... Fujikawa. Cool. Thank you. Uh, I loved Baby Groot. I can, like, I can objectively see why people thought he was kind of like, oh, he's just this cute thing. But, like, I, I love cute things. And Baby Groot it, it has a special place in my heart. Okay, so a few more Easter eggs. <gasps> Yay. This is on, this is on fandom.wikia.com. Okay. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, Contraxia. It's the, the planet where Yondu and Stakar had their... Run oh, in. the sexbot planet. That's a canonical planet. Of course it is. Uh, we know Aisha was the original. We saw the original Guardians. There's um, there's Yondu in his original. Oh my god, that's a huge fucking fin. But then there's the diamond dude. There's the big dude. Ah. I think that's um, Stakar. And is that Aisha, the gold lady? That's Aisha. Okay. So... 
pretty cool, pretty cool. That's so Aisha was a guard guardian? Uh, n- or that may be Stakar's uh, sister. Okay. Sorry. Michelle Yeoh, who was awesome. Yeah. Uh, also, like, I have this uh, headcanon that Michelle Yeoh is Melinda May's uh, aunt. Sure, sure. Let's, and let's she's in space, and it's fine. That's the Watchers. We're talking about that. Birth of Adam. I'm trying to see if we missed any of these. Okay. Yeah, there's Jeff Goldblum. No, that's all of it. Yeah, we got everything. Cool. So that's all of the stuff I have. Does that mean it's Uh, feedback time? Let me double check one more tab. I'm closing them as I go. Okay. You guys don't even understand the amount of preparedness that one Janya has for our MCU cast. Oh, when uh, Jason, he's actually in some of the Inhumans. Really? His, his, he was first seen, uh, Jason, this is Peter's canon dad. Yeah. Uh, he first appeared in Humans Volume 3, Number 2. <sighs> so. I'm already uh, over the Inhumans and we haven't even seen that show yet. I know. But when uh, he crashed on Earth while trying to head home because a war broke out there. And that's how he met Meredith. And that's how he met Meredith. But he had to leave to get to said war, so he wiped her memory. Ooh. All right. Well, I mean, he had to. What else? Because, ouch. I mean, you couldn't just leave her and then her be left. Seems like you can. No, you can't. I said so. Better than um, leaving and giving her brain cancer. So before we hit feedback, I want to get to one last thing. Okay. So we don't get too far off track. Um, Infinity Stones. We know we're leading up to Infinity Wars. We correctly guessed that they would not do another Infinity Stone in this Correct. movie. We, so And we don't. Air five. High five. Uh, and we also don't believe there will be one in Spider-Man. We're really strongly holding the belief that it's going to be in Thor. Yeah. Yep. Ragnarok and it's the 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 and and which which one which one um who, who was right shut up it's the fucking soul one or whatever <laughs> some bullshit so fucking hell I recently went down and 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 figured out where all of them are yay currently in order to get to infinity war I want to readjust our perception as to where the infinity stones are in relation to each other right now okay the space stone aka tesseract <gasps> is in asgard yep uh the mind stone yep is still in vision's head yep <clears throat> the reality stone the collector has right the ether from thor dark world correct uh, the Power Stone, the Nova Corps has. Right. And that was straight up out of Guardians. Yes. And the Time Stone mm. is at Carmitage. Fuck you, Doctor Strange. I'm sorry, not sorry. See the Doctor Strange podcast for the full explanation of our <laughs> bet that I lost. You didn't lose. You were just wrong. <laughs> I didn't lose. I was just wrong. Good job making me feel better. All right, so let's get let's get this uh, feedback train on the road or whatever it is. Yeah, train on the road. I can't believe I just train said train on the road. All right, hit me with it. Uh, so Caitlin wrote into us. I love you, Caitlin. Sup, my bitches. 
Yeah, that sounds that sounds that like sounds Caitlin. Like yeah. I have Guardians feedback. Surprisingly, like half of it is on the music for Realsies because the movie was amazing. That's true. Okay, I almost felt like the soundtrack has two songs. I know it's awesome mix volume two, and I know once I've listened to it a thousand times, I'll have love for it like normal. However, in the first movie, every song got its one moment to shine and be special, and so each song had moments in the movie I associate them with. And Mr. Blue Sky at the start of Guardians 2 is amazing, but the chain and Brandy seem to be repeated so much during the movie. I get that they were attached to emotional motifs rather than the scenes, but it made the soundtrack seem smaller while watching the movie. I agree with that. But the movie itself, perfection. Guardians 1 pulled its emotional punches by having any serious moment followed by a joke. Guardians 2 did not do that and left me a weepy mess. And I liked it. Ooh. Rocket Redemption arc was amazing. Yondu Redemption arc, oh my god. Yep. Listen, I even like Sylvester Stallone in it. And though I will say he threw me at first, I knew Peter's dad would go evil. And so seeing Peter happy with finally having his father there only made that turn harder. It did. Baby Groot, while a little frustrating near the end because it was still the same joke as the start of the movie, I'm so glad he's growing up, was really adorable. Even Nebula and Gamora got some reconciliation. The movie as a whole had some lovely themes of family and togetherness. It did. I even love how they did Mantis. She could have been the trope of born sexy yesterday, but it's almost like they made the joke that she is beautiful and innocent like the trope, but was not a sex object and that was heavily reinforced by her interactions with Drax. More proof of how progressive Guardians is. That's true. I didn't even think about that. Uh, things I wonder, and you may too, though, as we're getting a Guardians 3 in which Adam, Lorlock, Adam Warlock is the bad guy, or is he coming back in Infinity War since he's closely tied to one of the gems? Uh, the answer Infinity to that Wars. is he will not be in Infinity Wars. I don't, I don't want Adam Warlock to be the bad guy. Also, the Guardians are going to be in Infinity War, yeah? yeah. Yes. Yes, they are. At um, least Zoe and Pratt have been confirmed. I think Drax, too. I think so. Like, the Guardian movies have been stellar so far. Do you, like me, find it scary to think this, of someone messing with the characters that could so easily become stupid if handled poorly? Trust in the Russos. Yeah. I Trust like, the Russos. Plus, I feel like the Russos and Gunn, they've talked. They've had a conversation or two. At least. So they I, like, have to. I feel I feel okay about that. I'm I'm pretty comfortable with it. Uh, I'm having war flashbacks to cat bitching about swearing <laughs> in Ultron. Okay, Ultron is an outlier. And should not and be should counted. Should not be counted. Oh my god. Rocket yeah. could get dumb so fast. <laughs> that being said, I need Gamora and Widow to meet. <gasps> so much. Okay, I had that vision. Meet it was, and then it was make nice. out also. It was nice. Then probably make out and talk about how useless men are. But that's just Kayla, me. this is why we're friends. Oh. F is for friends who do things together. <laughs> uh, fem slash desires aside, I liked the unspoken thing concept to tease a romance but not force it to happen right now. Cough, Hulk slash widow, cough. <laughs> also, that was from Ultron and should not be counted. Again, Ultron should never have happened. Oh, uh, you know that the Justice League movie, the director had to step aside because of some fam a family situation? Yeah. Um, guess who's taking over? Whedon. God damn it. I feel like that's just a fuck you to Marvel. 
So anyway, back to feedback. That's that's a totally other. We're not. Yeah, I'm not, we'll I'm have not, to. We'll revelries that. So overall, I was really happy with this movie and hope you were too. It seems like Marvel is hitting its stride, and with the comics becoming problematic quickly, it's nice to see the MCU holding strong. Love and butt touches. Aww, Aww. I'm gonna touch your butt in like two weeks, Caitlin. So Chris, yay! Writes into us, yay! Uh, hi all, this is Chris. We know. Yeah, we know. Your name's on I had to switch to my job and fell in done with college and won't be able to use the other email much longer. Okay. Congratulations. Yay. So Becca and I have decided Gamora is mom. Yep. Because only a mom can fuss at you about not getting hurt and then grin and say hi. Yep. That's pretty much it. Peter is dad. (laughs) Yeah. Drax is the weird uncle while Rocket is the exasperated, overprotective big brother. You found a role for Nebula though too. Nebula's the wine aunt. Vodka aunt. Vodka aunt. Yeah. She is the vodka aunt. She is the, she is the vodka uh, aunt. And she says, I guess this means Yondu is the magical nanny. No, no, honey. Yondu is granddad. Yeah, he is. Yondu is granddad. Because he's... Go he's, get you a tissue. He's father's uh, daddy. Go get go get a tissue. Yeah. Yondu is granddad. Yeah. He's papa. He's papa. Oh, he's pop pop. As if I didn't already have a baby group problem, which she does because I've seen the pictures Oh my gosh, does she really? Yeah, oh my gosh. She, yes. I don't know how that's a problem though, so. It's not really a problem. Uh, can I just say how much I love how fighty baby Groot was? So fighty! He was one foot of pure rage and dance, and all of those asshole ravengers deserve what they got for tormenting my precious baby. That really did not sit well with me. Uh, wow, Ego. You have to be one hell of a douchebag to A, get me to use that word, and B, be a worse <laughs> father than Thanos. <laughs> Super asshole. Yup. I have to say I wasn't a big fan of Yondo in the first film, but now I am noping the hell out of his death. He's freaking Mary Poppins, y'all. He is. Honestly, I think I would love to see more of Yondu and Kraglin's relationship. He didn't care that Yondu had gone soft like the other Ravengers. He only mutinied because he was jealous of Peter. Yep. Does this mean Kraglin and Yondu acted as mom and dad to little Peter? I feel like it was more older brother. Yeah, I think he was like the biological. Yeah. We talked about that. Yeah. Did anyone else, this is in all caps, did anyone else notice the Grandmaster in the end credits? He was dancing in the credits. Does this mean we could see Guardians in Thor Ragnarok? I don't think we'll see Guardians. Honestly, I do think the Grandmaster was there to fuck with us. I think it was so that on the cast list. I think it's got to be more than that. I think on the cast list, so we could see, oh, the Grandmaster. Oh, what's going to happen? I think, I think there's. It could be cosmic shit, though. I'm hoping there's more to tie the two films together. Because honestly, I thought for sure this would be the movie to tie the galaxy, the, the galactic stuff in with the MC, like the Marvel planet stuff. Yeah. The the Earth stuff. And we didn't get that. So I kind of, I was kind of surprised. Yeah. So Thor Ragnarok may do that for us. Uh, Disney references pop up more than usual in this movie. Becca noticed one of the Ravengers was sleeping with a scrump doll from Lilo and Stitch. Oh. Uh, and of course, Yondu Poppins. We get it, Disney. You rule the galaxy. I also thought Yondu, when he was getting incinerated, I thought he had a little Yondu. Yeah, you, you saw that. Yeah. I didn't see it because I think it had already gone by before. I'll get a screenshot when I can at some point. Okay. She says, have a marvelous day. Yay. Uh, and the Becca who was referenced in that email. Yes, wrote yes. to us. Says, okay, so I love the new Guardians movie. Me and Chris Hardcore talked about the Mama Gamora and Daddy Quill. Yay. What is your opinion on how they interacted with Baby Groot throughout the movie? I loved it. 
it's the entire theme of the show is family families and mostly fathers and sons even if they're even if they're unconventional their family yeah because peter was like i finally found my family and And gamora's i already thought you had i know that hurt real bad uh she says love your podcast guys it's really enjoyable i listen to it a lot while at work i hope you are doing well and thanks for helping me when i got sick at con oh thank you you're welcome and there's con right there (sighs) that that's con so gina yay hi you ladies since my mother-in-law is now retired she's been trying to new things or just trying to catch up with pop culture that's awesome i couldn't find a free friend so i decided to toss her into the deep end of the mcu with guardians of the galaxy 2 wow despite not seeing a single mcu movie until now she was able to follow most of it and she loved it oh that's awesome with the exception of cap 2 most of the follow-ups have been just okay i think guardians of the galaxy as much as part one i think i like guardians of the Galaxy as much as part one uh, I might need a rewatch to confirm, but it does rank higher than Thor 2 or Avengers 2 in my book right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. For my part, it was a different experience watching it with a first-time MCU viewer. Gunn made it relatable for a newcomer. I don't think she would have liked the other Part 2s as much without seeing Part 1. But this was the right movie for her. She was totally new to this world and these characters, and yet she cried when Yondu died. Oh. That's good storytelling, then. She didn't have all the backstory, and what she did get kicked her in the feels. She loved Baby Groot, and the music had her from the first scene. Yeah. A couple of fun bits with my mother-in-law, the newbie. What's a trash panda? She, oh, my God. She had no clue about the meme of trash pandas, and showing her that was great. Uh, during the Yondu slash Groot and Rocket taking back the ship, she leaned over and whispered that this was super violent, and what was this rated? I explained it was PG-13. If you don't show red blood, you can be as violent as you want. She learned something new. There you go. Uh, why are you laughing at that old man? She didn't know who Stanley. Oh, my God. That's and awesome. And had to explain who he was. That's awesome. Uh, Ego telling Star-Lord about his mom's cancer. Oh, that son of a bitch. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Your mother-in-law is awesome. How long do you sit here? Till the end of the credits, Ma. Till the bitter end. <laughs> so... Is that it? Uh, no, At the more. end, I want my own little thing. Okay, we we got plenty more here to go. That's says, awesome. It says, I do wish they would have added a Bowie song just for the extra feels. I would have loved to have heard Life on Mars cliche, but it would have... Cliche, but it would have fit in. Yeah. They did want him as a cameo, but... They did. Sadly, they didn't. Uh, love the bit with the Zune. Hadn't thought about those in ages. One of the first podcasts <laughs> I used to listen to was on iTunes and Zune. And when Zune went belly up, it became a running joke on the show until they went pod dead. Hope you ladies never go pod dead and looking forward to the review. I didn't know that that was a word, pod dead. Yeah, apparently oh, so. Let's not do that, maybe. What little thing did you want? Um, So, my mom, last Mother's Day 2016, um... So she calls me and like, I'm going to come over and we're going to watch old movies. And it's, it might've been 2015. Um, and I was like, okay, that's great. And she's like, well, your dad has, has picked a movie for us. And I was like, okay, that's already sounds dumb because y'all pretty much don't like the same movies. And she was like, you're really going to like it. It's, um, guardians of something. And I said, Guardians of the Galaxy. And she was like, yeah, that's it. And I was like, Mom, you're going to hate that. And she's like, no, no, no. Like, your dad says I'm really going to like it. I'm like, but you're going to hate it. 
it's in space and like like she loves Star Wars, but like I think that was a special moment in time yeah so meanwhile we fast forward to we watched it and she fucking hated it (laughs) and she said like she said the only good thing about that movie was the music and bless she hated every bit of it and so like i had the exact opposite reaction that gina did but like i knew she was going but to. you knew she it was not a movie that she would enjoy your and, like, mom i talked to my dad and i was like what in the what in the sweat in the blazes would make you think that she would like that and he was like oh, i don't know i liked it and i was like yeah you like a lot of things that mom doesn't like uh but yeah so she she did she your, did not enjoy it your mom has a hard time with the suspension of disbelief she does she does indeed and that's okay. And that's okay. And that's totally cool. She can like her movies. And so like I enjoyed but it. That's but I hilarious. was we we had another chat and I was like, Mom, listen to me next time. And she's like, Yeah, I should have listened to you. Yeah. I was like, I got you. Just you remember the Guardians incident. Yep. Yeah. Um, so this is from Greg. Okay. Yay. Uh so let's talk about some weird shit. Let's talk about some weird and shit. And that's in quotes. Like 800-foot statues of Pac-Man, Skeletor, and Heather Locklear. Yep. Belligerent trash pandas and dancing tree saplings. Mary Poppins and sensitive nipples. Apparently, this is just a (laughs) stream of consciousness email here. There you go. Hot blue bald cyborgs or sexy empathetic bug ladies. A golden statuesque and an ego the size of a planet or maybe can we speak about that unspoken thing oh my gosh i sincerely hope the writers of gotham went to see this movie as a group because this is a clinic on how to tell a cohesive coherent story with multiple characters and plot points they did not much unlike gotham much unlike gotham do i think guardians of the galaxy was better than the first one not really however i think it was improbable for gun to accomplish that so many factors involved in topping the original with expectations being the biggest factor no one expected jack shit out of the first movie and it blew everyone's mind everybody that saw volume one was hoping volume two would be the greatest mcu movie however it's not in my opinion but it's still in the top half of my mcu movie list well that's something Volume 2 had all the right ingredients. Tough guys, Tango and Cash. Super sexy chicks. I would date every female character in this movie. Redemption, reconciliation, guns, explosions, vehicular chases, fistfights, threatening antagonists, mutiny, character developments. All the right ingredients. Oh my gosh. One of the most fascinating things about this movie is how it obviously trying to make us all have real people feelings and still succeeded. They played up the adorable baby Groot for everyone that thought normal Groot was the best part of the first movie, Queenie. Okay, shut up, yeah. <laughs> Called you out. Yeah, he did. Nebula guilting Gamora about not being the best big sister was awful to think about. They have to kill Thanos now, right? Right? That asshole pulled out her brain. That's what Infinity Wars is for. Rocket and Yondu finding out their two damaged peas in a pod were powerful moments. Mantis' empathetic response to Drax's memory of his daughter made us sympathetic to a seemingly maniacal brute and ego that bastard gave Meredith a tumor. What the hell, dude? I know, right? In a Forrest Gump voice, I may not be a smart man, Janae, but I do know what love is. (laughs) And giving someone cancer so you can conquer the universe ain't it. Nope. However, being a man that loves a good romantic comedy... Greg, we will never, ever get along. <laughs> the honesty. <laughs> she hates those I so hate much. I hate rom-coms so much. I'm already trying to think of the Christmassy one no. I can get you to watch next. All right. That means I get to make you watch a horror movie. Yep. That's um, how we roll. Or are we doing... 
No, I think we already picked one out this year. I just can't remember what it was. Yeah, we did. Uh, damn I it. I don't remember. Anyway, um, I forgot where it was. Oh, the honesty that Peter and Gamora found with each other is one of my top three favorite points in the movie. <laughs> Sorry. But since I know how much you two hate love... No, it's just me, Greg. No, it's, it's just me. It's just Shania. It's, it's just me. Um, hate love so much it will remain the unspoken thing. I'm joking. Don't microphone whip me. Ah, <laughs> uh, <sighs> that was the thing that happened. I don't hate love. I hate romance. Yeah. you. I honestly think you might be Aero. <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm really coming to terms with that, and I'm okay with it. Yeah. Because uh, that's okay. That's okay. Another great piece is the reactions of Gamora, Drax, Rocket, and Yondu when they all thought Peter might be left for dead. Sorry, Gamora, Rocket could only afford to lose one friend. Drax yelling at Rocket, worse Quill, hit me right in the heart. And Yondu giving the sacrifice fly was good stuff. Uh, it gave us a Ravager funeral, a sister reconciliation, and a Rocket epiphany. It hurt too. And it hurt all my, all three of my feelings. All three of your feelings. Sometimes as many Sometimes as, as many as seven. Mm-hmm. I could continue, but it's not right for me to monopolize the email section of your podcast. <laughs> you don't know, Michael. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, this movie just had too much to touch on. I really didn't talk about Ego, his arc with Star-Lord, Star Peter's mom, the diversity issues from last time. Descartes and the other Ravengers, Craggle and the Yondu's crew, Aisha the Sovereign, the post credit scene, all the cool visuals, or the much better Howard the Duck cameo. I mean, it was better, but it, it was, still shouldn't have happened. Still, who gives a fuck Man, about, I don't care Howard. about Howard? So this is Michael. Yay! And I believe this is our last one. Okay. You saved Michael for last. I did them in order in which we received them. Okay. Okay. Aloha, ladies. Yay! Okay, I finally got around to watching Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, and even though I knew all the plot beats going into it, still managed to make me tear up. Yay! I have to admit, that was a bit worrying going in because of how campy they made Drax seem in the trailers, but they made that work for the most part. Part. On to the spoilery talk. The ginormous location title cards from Civil War are back. Yep. The emphasis on family and character development made this a better movie to me than the first one. The only thing I could have done without was the 700 plus jumps, points, gag, and the cartoony facial distortions. Yeah, I get that. It was a just it was that just was a cheesy. bit too silly for live action to me, but I get the spirit of the fun it was in. The only character with no real arc was Groot. Uh, Groot so almost sweet. just a prop this time. Yeah, but if you take the whole family bit into consideration. And if you think about it from a practical standpoint of... Well, making they couldn't have a, him... Right, making him a baby, you kind of took one more person out of the loop of having to worry about... Such a huge cast. Yeah. And this is literally two months later. That little twig grew pretty quick. Yeah. Me sweet baby. Also, my, I want one. <laughs> my favorite of the returning characters is a toss-up between Yondu and Rocket. It's a toss-up because it's their interactions together that elevates both of them. Yondu's I Know You Because I Am You rant really hit home. Ooh. Sean Gunn's Craglin gets an honorable mention. Yeah, it does. My favorite of the new characters is Mantis. Don't get me wrong, Kurt Russell's ego was great, but her innocence and empathy were great additions to the movie. And having her be the conduit to show Drax's emotions works both narratively and helps cover Brodista's weakness, weaknesses as an actor. He is getting better, though. He is. 
I've seen some complaints about other females being made into an alien that her speech accent slash intonation sounded like a racial parody. I'm not having it on this one. The actress is Asian and she does have an accent. Yeah, I was personally fine with that. I had no problem. With I mean, it. I'm not of Asian descent, so therefore, if there is, you know, somebody that has an issue with that, that is. Well, Michael has no issue with it. Yeah. As for another female being made alien, it's a movie about a part of the universe with very few humans. Someone has to play the aliens because the original Mantis was human. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, we didn't really talk about did that. Did she have like tentacles no. on her head? No, she her hair did thingies. She was just Mantis. She was just Mantis. Oh, okay. I slept since she then. um martial arts stuff. Oh, okay. Um, that's boring. Uh, at least a minority actor got the job and can add to her resume. That's true. There are numerous white males also playing aliens. We don't bitch about that. Yeah, Rooker's fucking blue. Oh well, how, oh, well there was Taserface. Fucking Taserface. <laughs> I mean, how I many different aliens? Were... <laughs> that st- hurts me. Fucking Taserface. Uh, the other non-alien female in the movie is Asian too. Michelle. Michelle Yo, man. Yo, 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 yo. Sometimes I think folk look a little too hard to things to complain about. Yeah. There's enough low-hanging fruit to fuss over. I'm happy that minority actors are getting work, even if under makeup or prosthetics. After Glenn Close's lackluster portrayal of Nova Prime, I wasn't expecting much from Stallone's Dakar. I'm happy to be wrong on that. Since the character wasn't a stretch for Stallone, but at least he was present in the role. The cameo of the other original members of the Guardians of the Galaxy, the heads of the Reaver factions, was a nice nod for comic sweeties. Like you. But they weren't really immediately recognizable except for Martinex. The rest just barely had vegestial nods to the comic costumes. Still, it might be interesting to see if they develop them more in the future. I like the idea of Ving Rhames as Charlie 27, Michelle Yeoh as Altia Ogord, is an interesting choice, especially if she and Stakar share the relationship they do in the comic. You mean being the one person? <laughs> Jed from the Night Manager looks good in gold. She does! Still not the sharpest knife in the drawer, though. <laughs> that would, you, you mean the sharpest pancake in the drawer? <laughs> That's true. It's been a long time since we went there. Yeah, it has. Uh, when they showed the Sovereign in the trailers, I was hoping for a hint of Adam Warlock, and I got it. But not until the end credit scene. Although Aisha is the female counterpart to Adam, so there's that. There were no Sovereign in the comics, so their addition seemed more as a foil for the Guardians that they retrofitted the Warlock origin onto. The Sovereigns feel like the one percenters of space, full of themselves and their sense of entitlement. <laughs> I mean, that's true. It's very, very the true. one percenters But at, I still think it has a lot to do with who has the rights to what. Yeah, I do too. They had to make... So like you said, they're basically the Enclave, but just... Yeah, I think it. that's what they're... they're kind of supposed to be yeah, like spray painted gold and there you go yeah um i was a bit disappointed not to get full face planet ego we did get a full face planet ego not for very long though we we did get it but we did get it and it okay. looks basically just like i mean panel. they actually oh he says there's kind of a face in one scene but the way it was done it could have been geographical features um make us yeah the thing that makes you see things as faces he put the word here but i can't pronounce things because Michael always gives me words I can't pronounce. <laughs> Peridolia? No. Uh, anyway. Michael Smirt. <laughs> uh, considering they did the goofy face distortion for the jumps, a planet with strongly obvious face wouldn't have been out of place. Uh, 
Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I think they gave enough of a nod to be like, see, look, and then they moved on. Well, it would already took them forever just to render that crap, so. That's true. Uh, Taserface was an actual canon character. We, yeah, we talked about that. Sometimes comic writers are too spot on with their naming <laughs> of characters. Uh, I doubt they could pull off the character Eternity in live action, but Starry-Eyed Quill was a nice tie to the character. Eternity does have a long comic history with the Infinity Stones, though, and if anyone were to try and show Eternity, it would be James Gunn. So, maybe? Maybe. Who knows? Nebula and Gamora's shared arc took them to a good place. The journey was a bit hard to swallow. The switch from legitimately trying to kill one another to we're good because we're sisters was too short, but I'll take it. Um, I think it was mostly the trying to kill on Nebula's part, though. Gamora, like, really... Like, well, if you look at her in Volume 1, she wasn't trying to kill Nebula. She tried to reason with her. Well, and, and she, she wasn't... fought her because she had to. Well, Gamora was never trying to kill Nebula. She was trying to turn her into the Nova Corps. Right, right. To get her locked up so right. that she wouldn't hurt anybody else. So, I, like, I, like I, I think Nebula, honestly, I saw it as more growth than just, oh, well, now she's fine with... Gamora, I like that we saw her have the opportunity to kill her, and she couldn't do it. That's true. Yeah, once she actually had her in her grasp, she was just all she wanted to she do was beat her. She finally got what she wanted. She just wanted to beat her. And and you notice when she finally couldn't kill her, she was like, "I've bested you." That's what she wanted. That's all she wanted. She bested her. But I really, I really bought the the end to the animosity. Um, and I love the awkward hug at the end. It was so, like, you could tell Nebula dis- does not know Wait, how to hug. Who is it? Didn't we figure out that you were Gamora and I was Nebula? Yes. Because of the hug? I was like, yeah. 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 But in all other respects, I'm Baby Groot. That's totally true. I'm short. And, and I'm, I'm Drax. I'm short and I'm fighty. And mostly I'm Drax because I make really stupid puns. You do. You do. But yeah, so. I love the awkward like pat pat pat, and then can we not be hugging? <laughs> can we not now? do this now? Can we? How do you hug? Yeah, but yeah. Um, he said Nebula's makeup was more practical effects driven this time, and I think she looked as good or better than the first one. I agree with that. Uh, Karen Gillian didn't have to shave all her hair off this time. Nebula's also good as an audience surrogate in parts with her eye rolling at how dumb some of the other words <laughs> were true. acting. That's true. Oh, that's true. She's like, all you do is snipe at each other. Um, and Stanley is Uatu, which is one of the Watchers. Yeah. Uh, well, probably. It wasn't positively confirmed, but that'll be my headcanon. That's fine. He says, the blob that ate the Dairy Queen better show up in the news or an offhand com- comment somewhere in the MCU. It's would be in S.H.I.E.L.D. at least. This is one of the kind of things S.H.I.E.L.D. would have looked into. I'm just saying, hashtag, it's all connected. I mean, maybe they will. Well, that's the thing. It took place in 2014, though. He's still saying. They kind of fuck themselves over He's with that. He's still saying. Because I was going to say, well, yeah, but they've been tied up with Ada. But then I'm like, oh, Shouldn't wait. Shouldn't they have mentioned it in Civil War when they were listing off all of the crap that had happened? Yes! I mean, think about that. Yes. Mmm. Uh, Michael says, this is the first 3D movie I've seen in about five years. Actually, he says about five years, years. Okay. So that's, that a lot, like, that's a lot of years. Is that like double years? says, it took me about an hour to get comfortable with it. The opening with Peter's mother's 
an ego driving around looked like a toy car in a big matchbox set to No, me. but like it did. No, we, but it did. We saw that, that in IMAX and it did look like that. We saw it in IMAX 3D and then we saw it in digital. We did, it was when we saw it, we rewatched it. It was it in had, 2D. It was, it was already out of the IMAX. Right, right. Was, so we just saw it on a 2D screen. And we were fine with that. And it still looked like Matchbox. It did, but it was more noticeable in the 3D. Yeah. Um, while I enjoy 3D IMAX movies, within about 30 minutes, I stopped really seeing it. Yeah. And I do not like real D 3D. No, we won't go see real D 3D. I actually saw uh, Winter Soldier after we had seen it in the IMAX 3D. I saw it in the real D 3D with, uh, with my dad and cousin, and it was terrible. Like, I literally, like, half the movie was blurry. Oof. So, yeah, I would not recommend real D. If we can't get it in IMAX 3D, like, we just see it in 2D. Yeah, because I tend to turn my head sideways yeah. when I watch things, and you can't do that. And you have to wear your glasses. Yeah, my and... glasses underneath it hurts, too. Yeah. Uh, Michael says, do we all catch the Grandmaster in the end credits? I did the second time. I did the first. I thought I could have sworn you saw him the first time. No. I thought we talked about it. I don't think I did. Because I was looking for him in the... I thought he was going to be in the end credit scenes. Oh. Because I knew he was credited. No, he was literally in the credits. Y- yeah. So... Because I, I wanted I wanted to throw Ragnarok tie-in so fucking bad. Well, you kind of got one. Sort of? Uh, Michael says, sorry for the rambling mess, but you're used to me by now, right? That's true. Cheers and stay jarvelous. Yay! Also, I want to say, Michael, watch your mail. Oh, yeah. Check your mail. But also, like, if you ever need something to draw, like, Angry Baby Groot. Angry Baby Groot. Because he's so cute and little, but also, like, he's a rage monster. Yeah. I loved it when Rocket was like, they were not looking at you funny. And he's like, yeah, and he goes and attacks the little animals. Yeah, those were cute. It's beautiful. So, um, yeah, it may be a while because it was just a couple of days ago. but And like you live 100,000 miles you away. literally live. I think you live on the moon, honestly. I think he does. Yeah. So. Oh, my God. Michael's a watcher. Uh, there it is. That explains it. so that much. That explains so much. There you go. But he is. He is. That's all the email I have. So I really, really enjoyed this. I did too. It was fun. It was fun. But it also hurt. Very painful. But it was mostly fun. So many Ravagers. So many. And they're terrible. And And why would you kick Baby Groot? Like, I have some issues with some of them Ravagers. They're all dead. Hmm. Yondu took care of every Thank one of them. Goodness, because my sweet baby. Which, by the way, that scene was fucking awesome. It was amazing with that. Oh mm-hmm. my god. Oh yeah. Yeah. And Rocket was having the time of his life. Yeah. Yeah. So they they bonded with killing. Yeah. And Baby Groot was there. Yeah, he was. Oh my god, he got his own though. He, he went did. after that one guy. He did. He went after him. And then just ploop right back down on Rocket's shoulder. It was My fine. little toddler ball of rage. I love him. Yeah. Me but too. Yeah, if I had to pick a character for like most for the most part, I'm Baby Groot. Yeah. I am Drax. Yeah. You make dad jokes, man. I can't help it. They're <laughs> right there. But you know what? I would never put a turd in your pillow. 
Oh, that's so sweet. A Drax or a rocket turd. There would be no turd in your Aww, pillow. Oh, that's that's so sweet. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> you knew it was coming. I should have. You knew it was coming. So yeah. Um. So again, next will be uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming. Yeah. Johnny we have is, to. Do we yes, have we have to. to. <laughs> it is part of the MCU. You know what that means, right? What? I have to, like... Read comics? With my own eyeballs. Okay, I'm going to give you the same thing I always give you. You don't have to. Yeah, I do. Because she does. That's all self-imposed, though. I would just like you all to know. Yeah. It's because she's... It's because she's Janya. I think I'm just... It's like Superman. I mean, how many freaking Superman movies can you make? Like, I, I do understand that because we're talking about, like, this is the sixth Spider-Man movie in, what, like, 15, 20 years? I don't even know. So, yeah. But, I mean, I'm not sick of Batman. And how many Batman movies have they made? No. You're never sick of Batman. I'm never sick of the bat. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like the bat. I know. I don't even know why. Um, 15, because Spider-Man came out in 2002. Okay. Sixth Spider-Man movie in 15 years. That, that, I mean, that is a lot. But at least we don't get the Uncle Ben scene. Oh, thank God. Because Uncle Ben is gone at this point, so. We get creepy Uncle Tony. Yeah, we do. What did I tell you, though? I said, think of this as Iron Man 4 with a lot of Spider-Man. A lot of Spider-Man cameos. (laughs) Yeah. Does that help at all? I'm going to try to actually watch the movie without the hatred in my heart. Because, like, and we did get him in... Civil War. Did you dislike him in Civil War? He was cute. <laughs> <laughs> but you know how I feel about cute. cute. I know. You're not a fan, generally. <laughs> no, it's like rom-coms. I know. It's just... It's all Janya. Cute. I love that shit. If they're well done. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm going to bitch about it. So. <sighs> All right. Anything else before we uh, sign off? No, but I will have a... Um, I've only got about nine comics to list in the show notes, but there's there that. Go. That's all I got. But uh, if you want an fun. extensive Peter Quill list, go see the Peter Quill character well, and the, study. A lot of stuff's in Guardians of the Galaxy 1. Yes, that's true. There's a lot of notes in the comics on that, too. So. so. All right. Thank you for listening, guys. Thanks, guys.